Guys, it's November the 30th of 2022, and it's time to talk about manga here on the last Wednesday of November. Welcome to Weekly Manga Recap, everybody. I'm Nick, joined with Quinn. Woo! That's me. That is you. I'm glad that you remembered that, because I wasn't sure who I was talking to in that moment. Uh, sometimes I'm not really... Actually, when I think about it, looking around my desk, there's a lot of eyes that are actually staring at me. There's the eyes in the manga that are uh, that are that are, I currently have open. Then I've got like I've got this like little turtle ornament thing. Okay. Uh, I've got this little doodle that my wife drew with Bender. Uh, I've got uh, the picture that was sent to us. <laughs> <laughs> but has all of the Makuchan characters only, on. Only one character's eye. Actually, you can't even see Naputaku's eye. The rest of them are all staring at the best son. That's right. Everyone's just paying attention to him. So, yeah. So, it could have been any of those pairs of eyes is what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, so, but only one of them spoke to me. At least as far as I know. All right, Nick. <laughs> um, I knew it. <laughs> the secret's out. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's a good times. Did you, uh, did you enjoy your Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was nice. Had a quiet little gathering. Just uh, me and, like, uh, my very immediate family. We opted not to go to one of the larger family gatherings that uh, typically get held uh, for the holiday. Because we were like, don't feel like doing that. That's fair. That's a very very valid way to do it. How about you? Uh, Well, we didn't do it this year for the obvious reasons. It's just kind of a weird holiday. Like, this holiday season is going to be weird. Uh, so mm-hmm. instead of doing a regular Thanksgiving, I got together with my sister and we watched some movies uh, and we watched, oh, Padding- cool. watched Paddington 2. And uh, had you seen Paddington 1? No. And I don't think you need to. Okay. I truly don't think you need to see Paddington 1. He's with the family. I think that's what Paddington 1's about. But you really don't need that context because you're like, I don't know. He's like a sweet bear who loves marmalade. Why would he not have a family like, who wouldn't take this bear in? Uh, and I don't know if it's because of the season or what, but I genuinely did sob <laughs> during the end of Paddington 2. So, I don't know. There's a, there's a growing list that I have in my letterbox. It's just movies I cry to. And every so often, I'm like, ah, this makes this an honorable list. And then you add something like Paddington 2, and you're like, no, I'm a child sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Was, I mean, I'm pretty sure Coco is on your list. So I've started tracking based off of when I started lists. There's only like 12 movies on there. Otherwise, ah, if I went back, okay. I'd, I'd, I'd have to like remember it. Then there's then there's nostalgia attached to it. So it kind of but if puts I, a toe on the scale. For example, like Inside Out is on there, though, because I rewatched it since I created the list. And I put that ah, on there because fucking okay. Bing Bong. I mean, how do you not cry during that scene? I, I don't know how anyone could not. Uh, clearly, they're a monster. There if was... You don't. There was a trend on TikTok uh, right before the new Pokemon game came out, uh, Scarlet and Violet, okay. where people would go into uh, uh, Sword and Shield and they'd release like their starter out, so it's like standing next to them, and they would show that while playing the fucking Bing Bong line where he's like, "Go, go, save Riley! You can do it!" Wahoo! And you're just. <laughs> It's like they look off into the sunset for the final time, and I'm just like, you can't do this to me. Like, you don't do that. <laughs> I'm starting to get emotional watching TikTok. 
Don't make me feel Pokemon I don't give a shit about. But... Don't make me feel guilty about leaving behind a few a few lines of data. Stop that. <laughs> You're like, I don't give a shit about Inteleon, but I'm getting a little emotional that Inteleon saying goodbye to you for now. Mm. Uh yeah, we watched um we watched Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So. I'm, I, I'm, I intend to start watching. I also started watching Abbott Elementary while I was there. We, we watched a couple episodes of that. I've heard good things about that's, that, too. That's a solid yeah. show. Yeah, it's amazing how, like, when there is so much television, it's like, no, no one knows <laughs> the stuff that you're watching, but there is still plenty of good of it out there. Yes, so. it's, it's all about finding it and disseminating it and then sending it to other people. Yeah, like... Like a spore. Yes. We're all Mykonids or Mykonids, whatever you call the mushroom. I think that might be it. Yeah. I, Guys, we have a lot of manga to talk I, about. I, I, I sometimes get confused what's an actual scientific term and what's just a magic to gather in monster creature type. So. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't put much stock in the terminology you learned. Well, you know, yeah, you know, uh, Phyrexian. It means uh, partially mechanical yeah. and partially organic. Phyrexian. <laughs> From the root word phyros. Yes. Right? Well, or is that a place in Theros? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Uh, guys, uh, it stuck up on me uh, how much manga we have to talk about today. Because uh, I had this thought in my head of like, oh, you know. Well, a lot of our off-week series, you know, there aren't running this week. Uh, so there is, you know, for example, there's no Chainsaw Man. There's there's no uh, Spy Family. Uh, there's no Porto. Uh, so, you know, it won't be quite so busy this week. Oh, right. There's three new series in Shonen Jump right now. And it's the third chapter for the oldest of them. So we're talking about all three today. And is, Aren't you lucky? There will be another one next week as well, I believe. So. Oh my god! <laughs> this is a four. This was a four series batch. What are they? What's ending? Jeez. Uh well, the thought is Ruri Dragon is very likely going to another magazine. Mm. Uh, one spot kind of exists in this weird nebula state of like Hunter Hunter, which currently right. is still running. Uh, and then I've heard some people theorize that, like, uh, High School Family or um, Tokyo Demon Bride Story or whatever it was, story, uh, that might right. be ending. I don't know. That's still pretty early for that one. But, yeah, uh, I think that's that's where we're at right now. Well, I guess we'll, we'll see. find out in the coming weeks. Yeah. But, yeah, it's that's the last one piece on. is ending. Nick and <laughs> they were like, meh, who cares? <laughs> Look, the final adventure is going to be figuring out what the hell is up with the giant apple stem in this guy's head, and then that will tell them where One Piece is, and then that's it. And that's... <laughs> <laughs> what about all the stuff involving Kuma? Oh, he's not going to make it there. Uh, we'll never, he doesn't have time. We'll never know. But uh, One Piece is the last series that we cover in the podcast. The first series that we cover is My Hero Academia. Normally. Yes. And uh, since I'm too tired to think of a different order we could do stuff in, that's the order it's going to be today, too. So let's just do that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm stuck. I was trying to think of one. And I was, then I was just going to say, like, why don't we do wild style? And we just go in reverse. And I was like, no, nah, I don't want to wait that long to mm -hmm. talk about Undead Unlock. Oh, <laughs> uh, so last time in My Hero Academia, which today is chapter number 374, Butterfly Effect, uh, Spinner held up 
uh, one of Shigaraki's hands in front of Kuragiri, and it awakened him. And we briefly get a shot of that at the start of this chapter before cutting to um a weather forecast. Yeah, tasty weather girl yeah. has a lot of news to give us. It's uh, very weird because she's just given a weather forecast uh, in the United States. And then she just kind of like starts talking about, by the way, there's a villain and hero fight going on in Japan right now. Well, there, there is the context that because of said superhero fight, the weather in the U.S. is getting completely fucked up. Because there's a bunch of spikes of heat. Yeah, because they're like, it's like some weird dude with super fire and weird dude with super ice are fighting each other. And it's really fucking everything up. Yeah. So she goes, she very few mentions the butterfly effect, i.e. Uh, a butterfly flapping its wings can cause a hurricane somewhere else. Uh, she mentions like, oh, yeah, you know, all this superhero fighting could potentially cause the weather to change over here. And someone in the studio is like, why are you ad-libbing? And she's like, I am opposed to the government's decision <laughs> The world's decision to pander it all for one. All right. I, I um, do kind of like that. Like, like the idea that, like, again, the U.S. government sucks ass. And, yeah. and the citizens are trying to openly state their displeasure for it. Yeah. There's plenty of people and in, in, you know, places that suck that don't suck. Yeah. It's, so. it's definitely a much appreciated little uh, little addition to the manga. We get to we get to live vicarious through, through Tasty Weather Girl. Weather woman, Nick. Let's be let's be respectful. Weather yeah, person, that's right. uh, isn't there a term for meteorologist? Tasty meteorologist, <laughs> <laughs> which is a pretty great, which is a pretty great, like just title in and of itself. Yeah. Tasty meteorologist. Yeah. Yeah. It also sounds like a like a like a snack cake. I would like to enjoy. <laughs> tasty meteorologist. Would you Would you like a tasty meteorologist today? Oh sure, is that is that like sprinkles or is it no no? It's just got you know an in depth knowledge of different weather patterns. Oh, knowledge for the brain. Yeah. So how many calories <laughs> is that? Is that uh... <laughs> um, also tasty meteorologist might as well be her name because um, she doesn't have a name. And, Nick, uh, you sequence, know, so... <laughs> just just like the pig guy who was very important to the last couple chapters. And the tall uh, monster monster girl, like yeah. <laughs> she has joined a growing collective of characters who names who might be important, but whose names are just you know we'll figure it out, you know. I I, I watch the My Hero Academia anime, and literally every time a recurring character appears, like you know from like any time a UA character basically appears. Or a League of Villains character appears. First time they appear in the episode, their name will pop up on the screen every single time. A character you're not familiar with, no, no title for them. <laughs> uh, back in Japan, where all the fighting is happening, uh, we get a blatant lie, <laughs> which is Kamino Ward, where Todoroki subdued Dobby. Which we already know is not true. <laughs> Dobby has not been subdued. He got up several <laughs> chapters ago. Uh, Dobby is unleashing so much firepower that it's pushing everyone back. Not even Todoroki at this point can get close to him. Uh, and uh, Todoroki's like, I, I, I can't believe it. Like we, we both have you know power from you know the same father, but only Dobby's able to keep on going. Dobby again is just. A skeleton practically at this point with perfect hair but most of his flesh has been burned yes. away 
and he realizes that his body is not going to last uh, from all this. So he starts immediately setting off to go and try and find Endeavor. Uh, he's like shooting jets of flame out of his feet to propel himself through the air, which we haven't really seen him do before, but Endeavor does all the time. So, sure. I like how his version isn't like um like symmetrical or anything like that like it, it looks really haphazard like one leg is shooting up higher than the other like real real rough edge on this mm-hmm. uh Todoroki tries to get Dabi to come back and fight him but uh as he's yelling to her I'm like hey don't you want to kill me uh a portal appears mm-hmm. uh as Kurogiri's power takes effect and warps Dabi away and uh, Kurigiri, in addition to being back, uh, brought um, some quips and snappy lines. He refers to Dobby as Mr. Daddy Issues, which seems pretty accurate, I guess. He warps. I uh, mean, I feel like that could also apply to Ida, as well, or not Ida, uh, Todoroki as well. <laughs> like they're yeah. both, they both have a lot of daddy issues they're working through. I mean, there's a bunch of characters with daddy issues in this series, yeah, that's true. to be fair. So. That is true. Uh, Midoriya is still fighting all for one. There's a brief little mention of like, oh, by the way, the team where Monoma is is still trying to subdue uh, Shigaraki's powers. Uh, and even though things are just getting shaken apart by the force of the of them punching each other at this point. Uh, what's and, what, but, what's up with Deku's eyes, Nick? He's, he's still powerful. I, I, he's so powerful. That his slera are turning into fire. Okay, I, I needed to know. I was like, "Is this? The, is there still a mystery quirk we haven't figured out? Is this it? You get fancy eyes. <laughs> I was not like, the most treasured of quirks, but ah, the great and legendary fifth holder of all, <laughs> of one for all. So fancy Scary eyes. eyes. <laughs> so wacky eyes. I think they're more scary than wacky. I've already named you. Can't change the paper. <laughs> That's why you're pinky now and that alien queen. I already wrote it down. Can't you just like erase it before you like send it to the press? Nope. Never do that. I keep all the typos. That's why that guy over there, uh, instead of being incinerator, he's incinderator. If you actually look on everyone's license, they're all technically super gyros. I <laughs> typed it wrong once, and it's just what we had to go with. That's what the, the trademarks right are. Next, <laughs> the G's right next to the H. And we spent like five bucks getting all those things copied. So. <laughs> not, not redoing it. We're already in. Kinko's is not cheap, I'll have you know. Yeah. It reminds me of how, for a very long time, Magic the Gathering had, like, a shit ton of dog cards that they had to call, like, hounds or some shit like that, or jackals or some shit like that, because they're like, ah, we didn't create a dog creature type. It'd be too tough to go back in and do it. And then, like, one day, they're like, hey, fuck it. We just just did it. All dogs, all hounds are dogs, all jackals are dogs, whatever the dogs now. Dogs exist. You're like, why did you fight this so hard for so long? Yukio is insane for that kind of thing because early on in the series they didn't like predict that there would be archetypes uh-huh. as in monsters that uh, all share a like a, a like, like a title yeah. and yeah so for example 
uh, like six samurai. That's is 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 an archetype. All the members of the archetype have the words six samurai in the name, but they got into trouble as a result of that because they there was there was a lot looser uh, translation of the of the Japanese uh, early on. So the stuff would just be named like whatever. There would be you know like oh well this thing which was just called like dragon is now winged dragon guardian of the fortress or this elven swordsman is now celtic guardian and so it's like oh we accidentally named a bunch of things guardian which were not originally called guardians so every time that there is a thing that refers to a guardian in this archetype it has to say except wind dragon guardian the fortress number one except celtic guardian it's just it names up like seven different things that have guardian in the name <laughs> That's on the text of the cards? Yes! Why did they not just oracle it and say, hey, guys, these things aren't called guardians anymore? That's what they did eventually. Oh, my but, God. And it had to be in erratas and stuff like that. But here, I'm going to send you real quick the text for Arsenal Summoner. And, uh, yeah, here. Uh, where is, uh, where can I t- message that to you? Hang on. Uh, and it's just it's just really weird. It's like it should be a really, really easy uh, text. It's just like, oh, just add a member of this archetype to your hand. And instead, it's add a member of this archetype to your hand. It can't be one of these seven different cards. <laughs> Flip, add one guardian to your hand, except for Celtic guardian, wind guardian to dragon to fortress. Uh, number one, number two, guardian to labyrinth or reliable guardian. Fuck, dog. That's that's so wild. Like next level. Like, oops. <laughs> And then, like, so, I like how in Japan, it just has to say, flip, add one guardian card from your yes. deck. <laughs> That's it. That's just done. They had to be like, you want to make it add, like, do a little bit more, but the fucking English assholes made it so we couldn't put more fucking text on it. Yeah. Good shit. And, uh, yeah. And they, they uh, kind of messed up with that and it, there's just a lot of early cards like that where they had to say like oh this was or was not meant to be a part of this archetype oops so good stuff all right we have a ton of mangas sorry about. sorry no this is on me too uh people get worked to places yes. kuragiri shows up uh where uh right where monoma and aizawa are uh also present mike gets dumped right next to them uh and meanwhile, Dobby gets deposited where Endeavor is, along with twice. <gasps> it's it's it, it's Toka. It's Toka. It's Toka. I I assumed from the oh hawks, <laughs> like there there is like an affectation to assume that's how the voice goes. But like, come on, <laughs> like I remember how talk how twice talked. It wasn't like that. So they're in trouble, of course, because, oh, man, twice could reproduce anyone. Now they've got access to this, you know, huge army thing. And they're coming out right where Hawks is as well. And Hawks is like, we got to kill him. Kill him. <laughs> God, <laughs> just... I wish Hawks just pulled out a gun and shot him on the head. <laughs> I'm like, damn, why didn't you use it? It's all for one. He's just like, I only had so many bullets and I knew this motherfucker was coming back. Uh, so, of course, this is the chapter where it's like, oh, man, things are really going to go the villain's way now because they got access to Kuragiri's warp ability. It's completely negating the one modicum of control that the heroes had over this battle, which was splitting things up in a way that was advantageous to them. Now that's completely off the board. Question. Okay. Where the fuck are Uraka and Suyu? 
We'll get to that. Because they were fighting with Toga. Well, I mean... And we saw none of that battle. <laughs> well, Nick, similar to how we didn't really have time to focus on the ladies when we were invading the uh, fucking... He's so yeah, yeah, we we couldn't focus on them then. We don't have time to get to it now, but just know that off screen a very cool fight happened. So, uh, you know, there's gonna be some some cool stuff. We're gonna see what happened after the fact, or maybe we flash back a couple moments before the portal opened. We get to see that. So, there's been a lot of jumping around in terms of how things are happening chronologically, and I have not really been digging it. It's like it's not super meaningful. Like this happened like five minutes ago, by the way, and it's like, all right, I don't need to do that much. It's 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 just like because you're making me question the way timeline the timeline progresses, it makes it more confusing. We and. We may be encountering something that works better when it gets animated, too, where you're watching these in, in segments and you experience everything. It's like a now until they have to establish, like, hey, this happened like a couple minutes ago, whereas opposed to this, it's like, I don't know, when, is, when was that? Like four weeks ago? <laughs> yeah. I will say that uh, the the anime has given me a deeper level of appreciation for certain parts of the uh, the Kamino Ward battle. Uh, where you know the hospital where Shigaraki awakens and stuff, uh, so that is enti- that is entirely possible, I guess. That it will just be better later, which is great. You know, when you you know are covering a medium where you have to say like, "I'm sure it'll be better when it's part of another medium instead." <laughs> That's true. Is that one twice holding fro- uh, Froppy's goggles? Froggy, Froppy, what's her name? Froppy. It looks like it could be one of her goggle lenses, certainly. It's either that or like like a long condom with a tassel on it. And I don't know I, I don't mean, know why yeah. they're bringing that. That doesn't seem necessary. I don't know. So. Okay. Uh let's move on then to Undead Unlock number 137, so long as you don't change. Oh. Uh turns out wasn't a meteorite that Fuko summoned. Instead, that 44-year-old bad bullet shit UMA uh, heat with had a lot more affection poured into it and worked a little too well because it ended up summoning Fang, who, like, lands crushed heat, who's still just like, rah, rah, in the background, and he immediately is like, We battle now, Izumo Fuko! So they ran into each other before, yes. apparently. Yes, this is this is not the first time these characters have interacted with each other. Uh, and Fuko really like leaps in because it's 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 a giant crater. It's a fucking Yamcha-sized hole to to just die in, basically. And Fuko uh, leaps into it, and he you know, Feng's like, "I have killed no one per our agreement. It's one match for every apparition I defeat." Don't tell me you've forgotten. Like, ooh. So he's been allowed to fight Fuko every time he takes out one of the UMAs, which is like a very cool way for Fuko to have basically utilized this guy. And it was definitely one of the things I was pondering when we got to this. Oh, Fuko's going to try and avert a lot of the disasters thing, which is, huh? Well, he was a huge abusive asshole <laughs> towards Shen and Nui before. So how is she going to get it so he's not, but he still trains them? And this chapter answers that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, so 
Fuko is like, hey, don't worry about like she's accepting the challenge. And they're like, what are you going to do? She's like, don't worry. He hasn't figured out my unluck. And she's like, I accept your challenge. Fucking throws off like her gloves and shirt. And she just takes on a fucking martial arts pose, specifically the Shen pose. And it is one of the mm-hmm. coolest fucking things on the planet. And Fang is like, also she's ripped now. Yeah. Fuko's <laughs> fucking cut, dude. It's awesome. This is like the coolest character in the world. Uh, Fang is stunned by the fact that she has taken on the same stance as him and is unprepared as he as she uses her unluck whip where she just whips her hair. Uh, however, Fang is not actually that stunned. He dodges. He's like, ha, using long hair as a distraction. Uh, that's been outdated for centuries. But uh, instead, yeah, it touches his like little fucking uh, antenna thing. And he's like, oh, shit there's like the ground kind of gets unstable beneath him so he doesn't manage to get like a good shot on fuko uh who just kind of walks away is a little bit bloody uh uma heat bites him in the stomach and is like i will not fall here and that distracts him and then fuko shouts out watch this movie and you too mr shen this is my tetsu zanko and she activates the kyokai zanko misfortunate cycle mountain strike and fucking just i I don't even know exactly what physically action wise happened but she kicks the shit out of fang in the coolest fucking moment yeah she like shoulder checks him basically right in the chest to, and of course he's like ah whatever that's not good enough and then Yume he just like happens to have landed by a <laughs> yeah. gas pipe right behind him <laughs> that's, that's fun like as a ga- an active gas pipe and Yume's like ah, and boom giant <laughs> team rocket style explosion <laughs> uh Fang sorry I forgot his name for a moment he is just like ah but death really can find you anywhere in the world is it this is this crazy um he's just like all right let's you know let's leave let's get out of here and fang is just like that technique that stance when did you learn it it takes years of training to attain what's needed the concepts the mindset they don't come overnight and fuko just says i have a master someone who you'll meet later and raise as your pupil and his name is Shen Zhang, and he is several times stronger than me. So if you want to beat me, then I suggest you meet and raise him, and then you can strive for strength together. You want to become the strongest, don't you? Fang's just like, I have to ask you this, though. What does it mean to be the strongest? Fuko's like, honestly, I don't really know. But those who care for others with an unwavering heart have always been the strongest people around. And that's one rule I'm sure will never change. And we get the the flashback to Gina being like, why do things have to change? It's very, very sweet. Uh, Fang is just like, that's dumb. Bye! (laughs) (laughs) I will honor your agreement, but your thoughts are stupid! (laughs) That's really lame. <laughs> uh, and he even though it's like, I will kill this pupil as well as you, and I will negate what you interpret as being the strongest. And Fuko just watches on like sick, wicked sick. <laughs> it's so weird it's, that she says that. It's very cool, but also very weird. 
Uh, Gene- it is, I guess, what Andy would say. Yes. So, so that's Andy's catchphrase. Uh, Gina is, of course, like, hey, what's going on? Are you all right? I'm, you know, and Fuku's like, I don't worry about that. And she's like, what you just said was so lovely. I really do want to be your friend. I, I don't know if this unchange of mine will be of any use to you, but if I can get as strong as you then, then I can have, uh, you know, a hope for, and she sneezes and Fuku's just like, don't worry, you can, and you will, so long as those feelings don't change. And we cut over and Gina is now in her uniform that she wore when she was with Union. And she's like, wow, this uniform feels familiar. It's a little bit oversized, though. And I do like Fuku. It's like, don't worry, you'll grow into it. <laughs> I've seen what you, you, you age into and you, you'll fit it out just fine. Uh, but she's crying tears of joy because she's finally managed to, like, make friends with Gina. And she's like, all right, now we can get started. We have two of us. Let the quests begin, and she is dug into because they're at the Stonehenge-like uh, space that's been the Union headquarters, and we see Apocalypse sleeping in the the hole that she's just dug up. Yep, it's time uh, to start the quest, so, Nick. Yeah, uh, this is exciting. Uh, I think that Fuka looked really, really cool in this chapter. Uh, she did something that I never expected her to ever do, which was literally <laughs> kick ass. Yes. <laughs> Um, and yeah, when she took a martial arts pose, uh, my initial reaction was like, holy shit, it is actually happening. It is so cool. I'm I'm on the record right now. Fuko is character of the week. Uh, not only that, I think I'm pretty safe to say that she's been character of the year because this Fuko is so fucking consistently cool at everything she does. Yeah. I mean, she's grown up so much from who she was at the start of the series, but is also still completely remain true to who she was yeah. at the start in terms of what she wanted and what she you know what what uh, convictions she held it is so. wild to think of the character development she's had in what is less than 150 chapters of a series yeah the series is less than three years old yeah so. like i have to stop and i'm like did Usopp have like i guess he would have done Arlong Park by this point, but I'm like, I don't think we would have gotten to Alabasta at this point. Like, when you think of, like, slow burns and whatnot. Um, right. So, yeah, it's awesome, awesome character moment. All right, so let's move on to Kaiju number eight, chapter 75. Uh, so... Things have gone well for Hoshina and Kaiju number 10. Uh, a bunch of people are reacting to the fact that he's just, you know, destroyed a whole bunch of Kaiju. And they're like, oh, man, he's a, what a monster those guys are. And uh, Hoshina, you know, says to number 10, OK, let's let's hunt down the Kaiju on the outside now. And number 10 says, no, we should fight the officers next. They're way stronger than those monsters. So let's kill all the humans. And he's like, wait, no, no, we're not going to do that. And number 10 like, well, I'm tired of Kaiju. I'm going to fight something else. So, not a super reliable partner just yet. Uh, I can't remember her name still. Uh, but um, I'm honored that you're trying to remember it, though. I'm trying. I'm trying. The woman who you know handles all of Hoshina's battle stuff. Uh, she she says like, oh man, they're they're at each other's throats still. But holy shit, you know all that combat power that they have is while they're at unleashed combat power of 77%. What if they were to get back to over 90 like Hoshina had before? Then he could just have unimaginable abilities. So Hoshina's got a way higher power ceiling. There you go. Yes. Uh, but now, 
there is a bit of a problem, which is that elsewhere, uh, there's a whole ton of giant kaiju that are in the area around Oizumi. Giant kaiju is a bit redundant, isn't it? They're pretty damn big. Uh, <laughs> they're they're you know uh, bigger than dinosaur big. <gasps> that's my metric for a lot of things. Someone's yeah, like, "That's yeah. a big steak." I'm like, "It's not bigger than a dinosaur." <laughs> and I uh, spit kind of in their face. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so everyone's like, "Oh, what, what do we do?" Uh, and uh, Shinonome, who is one of the captains that we haven't really gotten to know just yet. Uh, she's analyzing the situation, and Kafka gets on the line. She's like, oh, that, you should put me on the front line. I've never fought a kaiju that big before, but I can make it work. Uh, and Shinome says, no, uh, look, continue your rear guard duties because, look, number nine emerged last time because it sensed your partial transformation. So we're going to limit your deployment to the most important phase when we neutralize his body. If you go now, then he might be drawn to you, and we aren't ready for that. So Kafka's like, well, then what are we going to do? And one of the super giant kaiju swells up like a balloon and explodes immediately. <laughs> uh, it, like, it blasts uh, this huge breath of fire. And then another voice comes over the radio just saying, I'll handle this. And, of course, Kafka it, uh, recognized it as Mina's voice. And, oh, right, Mina specializes in taking down super giant class kaiju. How did no one see this coming? She shoots it. Where does she shoot it from? Oh, kilometers away with a giant rail cannon. <laughs> um, and it's just a really, really big gun that she's strapped into that uh, is specialized for her use. And she shoots giant freaking rails at these things. And, and everyone's like, oh, man, she's so cool. And meanwhile, Mina just says, load the next round. And that's it. Mina, she shoots stuff from far away. That's what she gets to do. Yeah. Uh, look, they're trying hard. They're 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 working overtime to make me care about Ashino, and like, or Ashiro. I I don't want to say it's not happening. Like, inches wise, we are getting closer to the end zone. If this were football, I, I feel like, you know, we definitely would have we've gotten some penalties to keep the drive alive. Like we definitely should be moving a lot more uh, fluidly than we are. But we got a couple lucky breaks. But hey, fact of the matter is we're still headed. We're, we're still gaining yards. And that's all that matters. <laughs> Inches. Yeah, we, yeah. So all we need is uh, it's fourth down. Uh, we've 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 made it less than a yard in the first three downs, but we are progressing forward. So we just need that to happen like 10 times as quickly and we can keep going. <laughs> Some say the strategy is to just wait the clock out, you know? So you get one really cool moment that makes us really like uh, Shiro and then the series ends. There we <laughs> There's go. There's no time for anyone else to get a cool moment after that. So it's just like, well, I guess she's my favorite character by default. I also like how we're in the midst of the World Cup and we decided to make an exclusively American football reference. <laughs> Well, I'm pretty sure that's not how soccer works. <laughs> no, but I just I just appreciate that that that's where we're at. Even as we read a soccer manga for our recommendation, it's still just like I just want to talk about football, though. Yeah, we're we're gonna beat you, uh, Netherlands. Uh, I, yeah. I, is America still even in the World Cup? I truly don't know. 
we made it past the uh, the groups group rap. Hell yeah, USA, USA. Everyone sucks but us. They haven't lost yet, so that's a good sign. <laughs> I, I I haven't actually. An apt comparison would have been like, well, I mean, like if you're not losing, then that's fine. But if you're only drawing, you can't progress. You got to win eventually. That is like true. Team USA just had to do. So there. We go. That is true. I have enjoyed uh, getting vague TikTok uh, connections to all of this. So every so often you get somebody who's trying to explain the actual rule, like what's going on in the situation. Like, is America doing that well? Like, well, yes and no, et cetera, et cetera. And like a real measured response. And then the next one is somebody blaring a Kurt Angle theme song going like, fuck you, England. Suck our nuts. We tied. You guys sucked. <laughs> it's excellent. <laughs> Awesome. All right, Quinn, can you take us through Eden Zero, the chapter yes. I haven't read? <laughs> Let's talk about Eden Zero, chapter 218, Saint Fire. Uh, Shiki's on the cover in the gym. I think he forgot that this was a cover page because it's not really dynamic, gotta say. Feels, feels, feels very uh, phone dead. We open Rebecca, who is running to go see her mother has just woken up and she was called there. She didn't have time to put on anything more than a towel, no like robe or anything like that. Uh, and she meets up with Connor as they enter. Now, Connor did have time to remove a full body cat costume <laughs> before showing up here. That's much easier to get out of than it is to put on. True. A pair of shorts and a tank top. <laughs> they, 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 so they, this is a true fact. It is, you know, that's impossible. <laughs> just, just throw on like a even like a second towel if you need this it. is actually this is rebecca's dress towel have you I, I do <laughs> i do believe there is there there is like a machine on this ship that dresses you instantaneous but her mom woke up she didn't have time for that i'm not like lamenting rebecca's decision here i'm lamenting hero for being a horned dog um and they walk in, and Rachel has... There's, there's a page, I'm just going to ignore it. Um, Rachel is awake, and she is, like, aggressive, because she, uh, you know, last time she knew, as she explained, she was taken by Ziggy's people. So in her mind, she just assumes that's still the situation. But that's not the case. Connor's like, hey, stop. She sees Connor, like, wait, what are you doing here? Sees Rebecca, is like, wait, is that... Calms down and starts to explain the situation, and... She's, uh, you know, immediately looking at Rebecca and she's wagged. Wow. It's, you know, you've grown. And Rebecca is, of course, pretty distant at this point. She's like, yeah, you'd say that as if you didn't abandon me. And she's like, well, fair. You got me. <laughs> you called them as you saw them. I appreciate that. Wow. You're pretty sharp for a seven-year-old. How old are you now? <laughs> <laughs> she has no context. For like the size of human beings, she's like, you're what, like seventy nine <laughs> or two? I one one of those two. I mean, by now your dad must be like two thousand years old, right? So, uh, Connor is of course just like, I never knew where you came from. I didn't even know you were part of the Church of Saint Fire. Like, do you have any idea what happened? Rachel was like, ah, I do, but it'll sound like an excuse. But Rebecca's like, I still have a right to hear it. Even if it's a bad excuse, I'd want to know what happened. So we get a shot of Rachel's feet 
as she starts to explain her story, she was from the one cosmos we haven't seen yet, the one that's kind of like a winter cosmos. She was part of a planet that has a church there for ages, and it's sort of like an ancient ancestral church, and members of her family have always been required to act as the founder of the church, and it's very, very important. Also, kind of the big deal, the women in the family have always had this ability to kind of manipulate or control time. And now we know that's the case with Rebecca, so there's sort of the confirmation there. But Rachel's like, yeah, I didn't like being there. <laughs> kind of sucked. So I ran away from home and traveled like a different cosmos altogether, met Connor, fell in love, and we spent three years together. And it was it was beautiful time that we spent together. It was great. Um, but then like, yeah, then you up and left me. Like, what happened there? And she's like, well, the church found me. And they took me away, but then they, and then I think uh, sister's like, oh, they must have taken you away by force. And she's like, not exactly. I went willingly at first. And then they just killed Connor because he fucked me. <laughs> uh, and he's like, wait, that doesn't make sense. I'm still alive. And she's like, yeah, well, they did. And I turned back time because I didn't want you to die. And I kept trying to find it. And eventually I found a way to, like, do it without you getting killed but i had to basically like leave without a word to you there was no way to do it otherwise and then they kept me under house arrest and then they turned on rebecca when she was about four years old and she's and rebecca's like wait did i die too and she's like yeah a lot and it was deeply painful you can't understand the pain of a parent having to watch their child die and i tried to find a world where you know, you survived and we lived together. I tried hundreds of thousands of times, but I could only do so much. And eventually I found I didn't have the ability to turn back time anymore. So instead, as a last ditch effort, I sent you really far away to somewhere where they wouldn't find you, basically. And then I guess like Rebecca adds in like to try to explain away a plot point. No one had a question about. She's like, I wish you had sent me money so I could have loved comfortably and Rachel's like, I did, but I sent it with a bunch of people who I guess weren't trustworthy, so I guess they just took the money and left you. Uh, Sounds like a plot detail that Hero realized, like, wait, this doesn't quite fit, so let me just, you know, like, put a little bit of duct tape on yeah. that and now, all right, it's I never fine, had a fine. question for why. Like, you could have just said I teleported somewhere away without any resources. Like, I did what I had to or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and they explained, like, hey, the reason why the church even found me to begin with was because my mother passed away and that's why i'm a supernova or whatever the fuck they're called in this universe why i'm one of the interstellar galactica thoration six is because yeah, that's why i'm that's why i'm saying almost fire yes, yeah. exactly uh is because that is the title that has been passed down saint fire Knox. It is it is continuously been passed down my mother was saint fire Knox, thus it passes on to me so i haven't really done anything um but that's the situation we're in. Also, just earmark it now. We're about to see that mom somewhere in the, in the near future because she had time powers too. And that's just mm -hmm. how Hero series work. Uh, so Rebecca's like, well, that's fine. Like, you know, because Rachel's like, oh, I'm sorry I left you alone. And Rebecca turns on her heels and like, yeah, I'm going to go change. Doesn't even matter. You know, I, I was fine. I'd happy. I was never really sad at all. But the mom's like, 
you know, and I'm, you know, I want you to know that not a single day went by where I didn't think of you. I always loved you. And Rebecca turns and gives a big hug to her mom and dad. And the chapter ends with them embracing, happy watching on. Sister has the dumbest expression in the universe on her face at the end. She has a hundred percent just dumb hero face. <laughs> and it really detracts from the moment. Uh, I feel like there is a lot of wasted potential in this entire concept mm -hmm. that was just kind of like all put into uh oh no it's all fine they all love each other kind of explanation um but i'm not really disappointed because i didn't really have high expectations to begin with uh it, we didn't even know that this was something that was even going to happen until literally this plot arc so it it oh well it yeah it does feel like this is something that hero really kind of just wanted to get to the end bit of which is like and they all hug and it's a happy family moment because mm -hmm. you're like oh, i feel like you could have taken your time a little bit explain like, why not instead of her just telling us her backstory we experienced it to some degree mm -hmm. and i feel like that would have been like a more interesting way of like showcasing some of that story to some extent um but we don't get that instead it's just like boom here you go here's what the story was and then they hug which is Admittedly sweet, you know. I like it. It's fine enough. I think if it were any more complicated, then Hero would not be able to pull it off at all anyway. So uh, well, he wouldn't might be, as well just do this. He wouldn't be able to do it without adding like a third or fourth extra twist to the story that it doesn't need. He's like, and Jaguar yeah. was actually in this story all along, and he was a bad guy. It's a good thing he died. Bob Lucci. And there'd be, you know, some sort of like addition of like uh, something very that's supposed to be like very dramatic, like, you know, uh, whenever uh, Rebecca's mother, you know, witnesses her family being killed for some reason, she's she's naked, like just for some reason, she's naked. <laughs> yes. So every time it happens, they're like, we're going to strip you naked and then watch this happen. You're like, <laughs> why? <laughs> so, yeah, otherwise, I think it's the okay. reason why she the, the reason why she took it. She, uh, you know. The, the reason why she had to experience it so many times is because in every single reality, she was like, well, maybe if I take my clothes off. then <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I get naked ahead of time, they won't do something weird when it also happens. Or she all, all the alternate universes are just her trying to think of different, just trying to approach the naked angle. She's like, if I'm dressed universes. like pretty, they'll be so confused. They won't even bother with that part. <laughs> And then eventually she's like, oh, I should try, like, sending my family somewhere away oh, from me. Oh. I could, well, just in case I'll be naked when it happens. <laughs> I could keep my child from dying. That's a better idea. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Akane Banashi. Let's talk Chapter about it. 40, The Image of Greatness. Akane is going to be watching uh, a performance by uh the world the world's most famous female rakugoka whose name i have immediately forgotten i haven't gotten used to this character yet sorry uh but uh she is akane while she's watching from just off stage uh is approached by master hasho and he kind of you know chides her legs oh are you not neglecting your your zenza work and then it kind of says no 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 master master told me to watch her and hasho kind of i think gets the feeling of like Oh yeah, I, I know the way that things are between us. I shouldn't have like tried to make it sound like I thought you were being a bad person. So I'd say he's such that. a nice guy in general. I'd be really yeah. upset if he was yeah. just like slacking off on your duty, ain't you, skank? <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> all right, 
Uh, oh, thank you for all the help you've been you've been doing lately. You dumb bitch. They <laughs> all. <laughs> you seemed so nice. Gets ninety percent of the way there, and then just bah. Um, Akane asks Hasho what Urara is like because she finds her to be kind of intimidating, and Hasho hesitates for a moment. Uh. Because he just kind of like reflects on the different contexts that they have working for them. And he says, there used to be a saying that Rakugoka had, which was, a woman cannot perform Rakugo. Because Rakugo as an art form was developed with the assumption a man would be performing it. Or because nearly all the characters in Rakugo are men. Or because women have high-pitched voices so they can't deliver in the right inflections. There was all sources of excuses that people would have for that opinion. Some Rakugoka would refuse any woman who wanted to become an apprentice, and whenever a female Rakugoka took the stage, there would be a ton of audience members who would just get up and walk out. So much potential was snuffed out because of gender. It is a dark side of our history. But nowadays, the people who think that way are few and far between. If you want to know what kind of person Master Urara is, I think it'd be best for you to discover that for yourself. You have a chance to witness someone who survived an era of adversity. The image of greatness. And uh, Urara takes the stage at the end of that. Very, like, just straightforward speech that Hasho gives. Like from what little I know about Rakugo, this was like a big thing because, you know, the tradition of Rakugo goes back so far. And yes, it was originally just performed by men that there came a point where, yeah, it was really hard for women to break into it because guys, men were just like, no, men do it. Mm -hmm. And that was just kind of it for a while. So Urara came through at a time when that was looked down upon and meanwhile Akane is benefiting from that not really being a thing anymore which is good uh when Urara takes the stage uh people get like you know really rowdy in anticipation of of everything and then Urara just kind of stares at all of them with like frog eyes her her eyes become like vertical slits while she stares at everyone and everyone quiets down immediately. Like, oh, well, we should be quiet and respectful while uh, she's performing. And she kind of chides the audience, just saying, like, hey, you, you're all getting carried away. And uh, Hasho from Off in the Wings explains to Akane, like, oh, yeah, she's calming everyone down because she figured that everyone was so rowdy and happy to see her that they weren't actually going to listen to her story. And sometimes, you know, you need to do that. But uh, Urara did this, by, did this by just looking at them because she's magic like that. Yes. Uh, she starts telling a story that revolves around uh, Oiran, uh, you know, uh, women, female uh, companions uh, who men would pay money to spend their time with. Like a prostitute, Nick? I was trying to be polite. Like yes. a whore, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not that. <laughs> I think that there is a very strong distinction be between uh, certain aspects of uh, what defined an Oiran. Uh, I don't know enough about it to get into it, but um, 
Oh, because I've been really, prestige. I've been really parading you around as the Oiron master. Okay, well, it's come uh, up a lot in my life, and I'm like, you should talk mm, to my friend Nick. He knows mm, a lot about Oiron, mm, and only mm, now do I realize mm, that suggests uh, something mm, about you that I haven't mm, been considering mm, to this point. Mm, but that's okay. Mm, I only said mm, to a couple people. Uh, your priest, your mayor, your your your, your doctor. Oh, oh, good, good. Okay, well, as long as you only as long as you only told people I hate, oh. uh, that's fine. So. There you go. Wait, my doctor? Oh. <laughs> Damn, I like them. <laughs> uh, so, the setup for the story that Urara tells is that you know Oiron actually had uh, that had enough prestige could actually refuse customers. And uh, there's a story which is called Fetching Tea that she starts to tell, which is about uh, a man and a courtesan. And uh, it's an example of a brothel tale of mind games between men and women. And essentially, it's about a guy who's kind of an asshole uh, who doesn't seem to get what the... uh, how he is being treated at this, uh, this, this house... Uh, and, uh, as Urara launches into the story, she mimes taking a puff from a cigarette and like an image of it form, uh, an image of a pipe forms in her fingers, uh, as she basically starts to in real time, like craft this illusion with the power of her performance. It's quite similar to what we've seen, uh, like Shinta and Akane do at that at the top of their game pr- previously in the manga, but it's done in a, in a really cool way because like the smoke from this imaginary pipe kind of turns into a cloud that the entire scene manifests from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's it it's just it, it, the chapter ends in this big two page spread of like the entire room f- transforming around Urara as, as uh, she launches into it and Akai looking on in total awe. Wild stuff. Um, yeah, I do appreciate that we are discussing some of the like inherent sexism of Rakugo, but at the same time, I also I think definitely appreciate that that hasn't been a focal point of Akane Banashi at the same time. This feels like yeah. something I'm, I'm happy to explore, but I'm glad otherwise every time Akane gets on stage, this isn't like a girl doing Rakugo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it definitely makes total sense in the way that Hasho explains it. Like, look, you know, this is the kind of the background that she comes from and, you know, it's a testament to her abilities and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not something that I think would be as fun to have as part of Akane's background uh, or part of the adversity that she will potentially face. Uh, instead, the adversity she faces is really kind of more of a generational thing, yes. uh, which uh, is, is, is more appropriate for the story that's being told in, you know, it's like this is a present day tale. Mm-hmm. So the context makes more sense. Uh, all right, let's talk about Cypher Academy. It's Blue Box. Uh, chap- oh, you're right. There's so many things. I can't keep them straight. I <laughs> Blue Box. Cha- chapter number 79. Shopping for a tracksuit. Oh, man. High adventure today. <laughs> this is a big chapter, Nick. Are they going to buy a, a, a tracksuit or not? I, I don't know. <laughs> 
I guess we'll just have to wait for the ninth chapter in this ten-part saga of, of surrounding clothing apparel choices. Taiki asks Chinatsu out on not a date, uh, because last time he was asking her, "Hey, you want next weekend? You want to you want to go somewhere?" And Chinatsu just kind of looks at him for a little bit before asking, "Where?" And Taiki didn't think about this before asking her, which is it's like, eh, it's fine. You just kind of went for it. But he realized, like, oh, well, I, I can't just say we should go to the amusement park. Uh, and we already went to the aquarium. Maybe we could go shopping. Oh, I want to go for a, a tracksuit. Yeah, that's what we should go for. Um, and Taiki realizes after he blurs that out, like, oh, why did I ask her to go buy a tracksuit with me? That's like... <laughs> Super not romantic. <laughs> but uh, Chinatsu says, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, while we're out together, maybe I wanted to go check out a cafe. So let's go check that out together, too. And Taika's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, OK. Oh, sure. Yeah. So they agree to go uh, next Saturday, which, oh, boy, it means that Taika has to wait in anticipation of this for like a full week. So luckily we don't have to sit with that throughout the whole no. week we really kind of get like a, a fast snapshot of what that's like mm -hmm. uh taiki does uh teenager in love things uh like burying his face in a pillow and rolling around because he's excited to be going on a date say, have you ever had this where you've like laid down into bed head into the pillow and like kicked your legs around a lot I've never done it where I've kicked my legs around a lot, except as a joke. Okay. But I have definitely, like, buried my face in the pillow before because the feelings were too much. Aww. So. So sweet. One way or another. Uh, and Taiki realizes, like, yeah this, is, yeah, this is my chance. You know, I can tell Chinatsu how I feel. He thinks about how he'd have told him how she felt. Uh, now I feel down. <laughs> He's like, God damn it, I feel like a bad person now. Oh man, what a time in a person's life it is to be going through all these emotions and hormones. Uh, it's practice, normal practice in the school gym this time. Taiki uh, and Hina kind of like briefly spot each other. Hina deliberately avoids Taiki. Makes sense. Ayame sees Taiki kind of like looking at Hina as she leaves and very deliberately bumps him while passing by. Oh, oops. Oopsie daisy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she asks him for help to carry stuff to the storage room. And as they go, Taiki's like, hey, did I like, you know, piss you off or something? Because you've been mad ever since we got back from the training camp. No, no, it's nothing. Nothing. It's fine. And, uh, but a little bit lo longer after after they're you know putting stuff away in the storage room, Ayame says, "Yeah, Chono was crying," and Taiki says, "Yeah, I know." And, and look, I I feel like yeah, I, I know. And uh, but Ayame says, "I think that she's a hundred times more hurt than you could ever hope to realize." But you're acting like everything's fine, and Taiki. Or no, I, I'm I get sorry, I got confused by the way the word bubbles yeah. pop out. Taiki says, "I think that Hina is a hundred times more hurt than you could ever hope to realize." And I'm like, "We're acting like everything's fine," but she looks at him, and he clearly, clearly, everything's not fine with him uh, right now. He gives her that kind of look, uh, but he says, 
with how things stand now, I can't start a conversation with her. Yes, you can, Taiki. Wow. It would be difficult, but you can. He could, Just... but I, I do also get the idea of, like, it's not really his place to also start inserting himself back into her life. Yeah. You don't have, like, I would say that, like, right now, like, three days, maybe, after the fact. Sure, you don't have to jump into that until she's ready. But, like, as long, just as long as you don't maintain the unhealthy attitude of, like, well, I'm not going to be the first person to, to, to initiate a conversation again. That's how friendships end. Uh, so, uh, you know, keep that in the back of your mind. Don't do that. That's how Nick. That's uh, how you, our friendship almost ended. We both uh, we were looking at the same chocolate milk at the con, <laughs> and I, I grabbed it first, and you were very upset, and there was like a lot of t- turmoil, and you know, one side didn't want to admit we were the one, and we just didn't talk for a bit. Quinn, that is totally ridiculous. Our friendship would never end over something like that. I hate chocolate, <laughs> but not milk. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. Is this it being milk negate the fact that it's chocolate? It might. What if it was strawberry milk? Well, hmm. There you go. See? Relationships (laughs) can end. Uh, Taiki's point is that, you know, like, look, I've kind of, like, told her how things stand between us, so I can't just be the one to, like, then say, like, oh, hey, let's go back to being friends now. It's kind of up to her to decide when it's okay for us to go back to the way things were. She's the one who was hurt by this. Which definitely makes sense. Uh, Ayame says, I still don't get how you could reject her, though. Like, is the person that you like really that captivating? Uh, Which Taiki doesn't have to answer, because uh, they get called in by another club member. So, But Taiki very rightfully is like, what kind of question is she asking me that? <laughs> like, what am I, I going to say in response to that? If I say, yes, the person I like really is that captain, I'd be basically saying, yeah, and Hina's not that great. Yeah. <laughs> this person's way cooler than Hina. Hina blows. <laughs> You're like, no. Yeah. Uh, as they go back into the gym, he sees uh, Chinatsu and Matsuka comes up to her. And he's like, oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> so... Um, you know, he goes straight from like, you know, a very logical, uh, you know, like internal response to Yami's very weird intrusive messaging to, I hate him. Oh, I'm so jealous. Uh! So, you know, baby steps, baby steps for our boy Taiki. Uh, meanwhile, Hina is taking rejection. Not great. Uh, she's hiding in a mascot head from the culture festival and just like sitting out of practice while she cries. And it's, it's like <laughs> so brutal. Like, oh, she's just being silly wearing a costume. And then it's like, no, I use it to hide my tears. And you're like, oh, you're like, come on, let's then- get ice cream. We're going to buy you like a, a, a new hat. That's, that'll make you feel better. You can wear the hat. Uh, she, you can wear the mascot hat. It'll be okay. She also says that being in the same gym as Chinatsu and Taiki makes her feel awful, so she wants to blow I it up. I fucking love that line. I want to blow up this gym. <laughs> like, jeez. Uh, yeah. It's being a teenager. It's like everything is the worst thing that has ever happened. And it's like, yeah. yeah. It sucks. 
Um, Kyo, Kyo helps Saiki find his phone, <laughs> but scintillating content. Um, but uh, they, you know, start to part ways. Uh, Taiki, uh, you know, leaves after leaving practice, and uh, Nishida says, "Like, oh, well, he's in a hurry." And 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 uh, Haru says, "Like, oh, it must be a date." No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, yeah. But uh, he looks at Kyo and is like, oh, I'm just kidding. And then Kyo doesn't say anything. So Hari's like, oh, he is. Oh, I was just kidding. Huh. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Good for him. So, so, sure. Sounds <laughs> cause good. Because he's, he's a cool senpai yeah. like that. So, yeah. Uh, Taiki rushes to meet up with Chinatsu, who is uh, waiting by the side of the street in her school uniform while some random guy passing by her talks about how cute she is because I don't know people are weird dude uh, and she's just kind of like staring it, off it into the distance. It is weird because it is entirely like unless those characters show up again it is an entirely unnecessary comment for like a passer but like what does it add to the context of the story like it's not as though we are under the assumption that most people don't find Chinatsu conventionally attractive or anything like that. It's just one of those things. It's like, like it, it might as well just be two guys being like, I like meatballs. <laughs> like it's, it, it's that relevant to the story. You're just like, sure. In fact, it'd probably be more relevant gonna... because then you would learn something new. You would know that that guy likes meatballs. You'd be like, and that is a unique quality about him. Nick, now I understand meatballs exist in this universe. This is not an undead, unluck like universe where meatball, the meatball UMA hasn't been brought to Earth yet. Unmeatball UMA meat. It, took, it was it was a real trials and tribulation. UMA meat and UMA ball that first came out. And then they had to slay them both, thus bringing, uh, creating a vacuum and opening for Meatball to come in. It's like when they defeated UMA peanut butter and UMA chocolate in order to make all sorts of candy bars to come together. <laughs> um, and in just kind of like a, a, a little, you know, Chinats is a little bit of a weirdo kind of moment. She's staring off into the distance when Taiki comes across her. He asks what she was staring at. And she says, oh, I'm just thinking that the clouds are moving quickly today. That's Shinatsu, her head literally up in the clouds. Yeah. So, But it's symbolic uh, of, like, yeah. the world and shit. I don't know. <laughs> sure. I don't know. No, it, is, it does so, seem to be symbolic of, like, their relationship in a way. Uh, I guess because things are moving quickly thing, between thing, them all. Thing, so, things are proceeding so. to some extent. Because it is true, we we went from like, oh, you know, who's gonna who's gonna be the girl to very clearly no to you, and you will sit there and you will cry while I go on a date with the girl I like. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, trying not to think about that aspect of it. Uh, we'll see how their definitely not a date goes. So. Indeed. All right, Nick. All right. Now it's time. Quinn, you solved the code. <laughs> When I said Cypher Academy before. Oh, was that was my puzzle. <laughs> it was code for Blue Box. I had to figure it out. I was like, wait a minute, Nailed Nick. It. If I take the letters of Cypher Academy and I draw irrelevant lines throughout them and then break that down into Morse code, it spells out Blue Box. Nick, we missed Blue Box. Oh, man. Oh, it's chapter two of, of, of Cypher Academy. 
can't solve puzzles on an empty stomach. Can't do it. You know what? It's definitely a logic there. Uh, there is a clue right here on the c cover page, which is, hey, this is how this is what Morse code is. Uh, just like uh, Iroha is wearing a shirt with the uh, the Roman alphabet on it, and then uh, Glasses Girl has it in the in Morse code on her shirt. But Nick, if I'm doing uh, it in German, how do I get those weird little umlaut letters? The umis, as uh, I like to call them. <laughs> I do not know. I am sure that someone could tell Can me. Can I do a regular do U know. and then do two dots afterwards and be like, that's a cute little Umi. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you go Wee? <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically Umu Morse. <laughs> <laughs> Stop Umu. <laughs> <laughs> the man, the muso is coming right for us. <laughs> oh God! Iroha is trying to eat lunch, but the menu at the school is in Morse code. Oh no! How is he gonna order? Well, he's like, I, I mean, I could probably figure it out, but there's a line for him behind me, so I and uh, ends up with uh, uh, this like oversized meal that he doesn't really want. Uh, so it doesn't really work out. Uh, he thinks to himself, if Kogoe, the inventor of glasses girl who wants to get that crypto, uh, if uh, she's like doing okay or if she was caught by the bullies. Uh, oh, there she is over there having a very, very loud, exuberant meal. Uh, yes. Just that is a big old tongue that is sticking out of her mouth in order to eat that food. Uh, it's a very cartoonish uh, thing for what we've seen from this manga so far. So. Uh, they catch up a, a little bit. Iroha tries to return the smart tech glasses, uh, and Kogo is like, mm, nah, uh, I feel like you can actually, you know, uh, you've actually got something, some sort of potential to you, and uh, I want to kind of like, you know, discuss some things with you, uh, but it's got to wait until after class. And then she takes his hand, and she's like, here, go to this place after class, and she draws this square with a bunch of lines and curves in it uh, that seem to be at random. And she says, if we go there, then you won't you won't get bullied. And this is an easy puzzle. Uh, it's not an easy puzzle. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I will say this, and we'll get a little bit more into this later. This puzzle was a lot easier for me to see the logic than in the first chapter, but it's definitely a big leap to make this part of it if you don't have super high-tech glasses to solve it for you. There's a lot of, like, stuff that's just like, all right, man, where was I supposed to start with this? Where was there right. the clue that I needed to do four by four grids or whatever the fuck it is? Uh, so... Uh, Iroha is left with, like, oh, I, I've got to figure out you know, where to meet with Kagoe later. Uh, and also, he didn't give the glasses back. So what do I do? Uh, she, uh, Toshisai rather, is uh, at her desk, which is of course right behind uh, Iroha's, and she's got like all this stuff on her desk. It's just kind of there. There's like some scissors, a bunch of like markers or pens or something. And also, they look kind of dangerous because they're pointy. I was going to say, I so, thought they were like bullets and knives and shit like that. It's so hard to tell. What there are bullets there as well. 
because uh, she comes from, you know, an arms dealer yeah. uh, family. Uh, she, you know, refers to Uroha as master because of the agreement that between them that's Which, definitely not creepy. By the way, that was never the agreement. The agreement was it if was you not. lose, you have to become my manservant. There was never a if this goes the other way kind of deal. But So, whatever. She's bad I'm, at legalese. That's all I want to say. I think she's using I'm, it as her own way to stay close to him, but still. I'm banking on the idea that she thought it was an amusing way for her to keep tabs on Iroha. Yeah. That is the only thing I can think. Oh, yeah. Because if she's like, oh, man, I would, I've been caught. <laughs> it's like, wow, this character's a lot dumber than she's been. <laughs> this character's an idiot. Iroha, <laughs> um, you know, is, is, is in class and is puzzling over like what do I do? You know, I could like I I couldn't even figure out the Morse code menu before while staring at the uh, the letter. The well, it's a letter, but spoilers. Uh, but then he feels something on his back, and it's Toshisai who is tracing her finger over his back, and she's like, draw. She she's writing a message. Iroha figures out and. He figures out, which this would be very difficult to do, by the way, to, to determine what is being written on your back. But he figures out, oh, she's saying you can't see the blackboard without your glasses on, can you? So he's like, oh, right. And he puts the glasses on. And of course, they immediately start working again. And they divide the square on his palm into a grid, which he deciphers as, oh, it's like a square puzzle with a gap in the middle and you slide the tiles around. So he starts moving the the faux holographic slide puzzle thing. Although I personally feel like an easier way to go about it would be to copy the symbol and slice it up and then put the pieces where you want them to Nick, be. he has magic glasses. Why would he do that? That'd be so ridiculous. He could just magic it. He's got Tony Stark he, I could do anything glasses. Pretty much. He figures out eventually after six hours, which is like, are you kidding me? So wait, now? this motherfucker spent six smart? six hours in class just doing this. Huh? 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 And no teacher was, or even like the girls who were suspicious of him were like, what the fuck are you staring at in your hand, you weird little gremlin? I'm solving the puzzle. <laughs> I'm working out. Uh, it's a letter M when you rearrange the pieces. So he thinks about that. Or like, oh, a like W for <laughs> West. Yeah. And then you find out, no, it was an M for Montgomery Burns. Mm. Uh, so he thinks like oh wait is this class M what is this and then he figures out that it's actually in Morse code the letter M is two dots which go which is pronounced like su in Japanese which sounds like the English word for two it's kind of a, a couple of leaps in logic but to give credit to this puzzle as compared to the previous one, it actually told you from the beginning, this chapter involves Morse code. So there is at least that connection there that you can make. So anyway, he went to class 2B because it sounds like Sue, if you go da da, 
in Japanese and also it's two dots, which is probably how I would have interpreted this, but whatever. So you would like, have been knocking at doors like, where's class M, please? That's probably where I would have stopped. Yes. <laughs> oh, she would have drawn it on my hand and I'd be like, what the fuck is this? Now I'm done. You can keep you can keep all the morgues to yourself. So, in addition to this, Iroha was told by Kagoe to ask his classmates why they enrolled at the school. And we get, like, a whole bunch of answers that, which kind of give us a very, 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 very brief introduction to a bunch of these uh, cast, who all have weird designs that, like, Definitely not. This is the only time we'll be seeing absolutely every single one of these characters' designs. At least one of these people has to show up again because they're too weird not to. Um, and some of their answers are like flat out redacted, which is a thing that we've been that has also happened in the first chapter. Uh, and the only three that he didn't ask were Toshisai and her comrades. And uh, that he asked like okay what 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 was all that are you saying that like you know because i only just kind of like fell into this place i'm different from all my classmates who all have a reason for being here and kugoi says no 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 it's important what they told you because most of them were lying those girls have a different objective but put precisely what all those liars want is the hidden fortune buried deep on the ground at Cypher Academy. The 50 million morb! 50 billion morb! And, it, and, uh, it, really, it like, really can't be stressed that this series couldn't have found a funnier fucking term for the golden morgue. Morgue. <laughs> I gotta get my morgue! <laughs> so Iroha's like, well, what's that worth? And Kagoe has to explain cryptocurrency to him. <laughs> it's like, well, it's a cryptocurrency, so its value fluctuates from one minute to the next. And really, it doesn't have any inherent value. I really, so. I really wanted him to be like, that doesn't make sense. No, 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 it does. So I tell a computer to start solving math problems, <laughs> and it makes a money that's worth far more than you could ever understand. He's like, but it's not actually worth a set amount or anything like that like no it fluctuates all the time wildly like well that doesn't sound very <laughs> fruitful Kagoe Taxon the most essential detail of this entire like plot hook which is oh no this crypto is special it's actually got a guaranteed floor that it can't fall below <laughs> so it actually has <laughs> Some value to it that can't go down. You're like, what? So, what does that mean? As a guaranteed floor? Well, it's it's been backed up apparently by, by some, some actual by, by wars, as we'll find out. By <laughs> wars, which is, which is again ridiculous. But <laughs> at least it's not like, oh no, it doesn't have the one glaring error that crypto has in terms of its value. Which can just result in it being taken away from you immediately. Anyway, so there is apparently this huge headquarters that confiscated all the gold and sil silver from occupied Japan. And Cypher Academy was established with some of those funds. The rest was put into investments as operating funds for the Academy. And as prize money to be, to be granted the school's best code solvers. 
Didn't you ever think it was strange you could buy a sandwich with crypto downstairs? Like, yeah, God. no one did it, though, because it took 35 minutes to validate a transaction. My food was cold by then. So the glasses are a special tool to get that ridiculous amount of crypto money. It's a secret weapon I developed to outwit the money-hungry wolves, starting with Kyora Shoshusai, the heiress to a munitions corporation and a merchant of death. And is like, I mean, you kind of sound like you're pretty greedy and money-hungry yourself. And Kogo is like, ah, well, I'm not saying I'm not. But because I want the money to end half the wars in the world right now. Only half. Only half. I guess. Only half. Also, how many wars are going on in the, in the world right now? Because that's that paints a very, very, very bleak picture of this world. But she goes on saying, "Like, look, I, in order to do this, I, I, I need you to join me. If you've got, you know, no ambitions of your own, then I can give you dreams. I can show you some crazy things, and we'll start with. Half I the can war show war. you the morgue." <laughs> Shiny, shimmering crypto <laughs> over sideways and up and down the line goes. <laughs> a whole new morgue. <laughs> Just the whole musical breaks out. Forget this plot. Uh, so the reason why Kagoe called him to this classroom is like, don't give the, the, the tool back. I need your help. You've got certain qualities that would actually help me because the tool that I invented is just a tool. And look, you, you're not, it's not just the tool that helped you solve the puzzle I gave you. You had to do that yourself. It just gave you a leg up. And it's just like, you know, with uh, the, the code that you solved uh, before. So, you know, I, I've wanted a, a partner and I need to, and I need to dig up all this more, uh and uh yeah um so also there's mention of iroha's gender briefly uh because uh iroha was basically admitted to the school to fill a quota and Kogawa's like look the reason i admire you has nothing to do with your gender it's like all right fine fine thank you i uh, don't know why <laughs> i don't know why that why did you bring it up then Meanwhile, Toshisai is meeting with her co with her cohorts. Uh, they're still trying to find Kagoe and Iroha at this point, and they're like, "Oh, we'll never look in those in those classrooms that are never occupied at this time." I guess. Uh, and they also mentioned that some of the students thought that Iroha was a girl previously. Uh, and <laughs> Toshisai says that might be a problem for a future Code Squad, which, I mean. I understand if you're talking about in terms of specifically like, you know, deception, but in terms of code, I don't think that recognizing how someone identifies usually plays a role into that unless they specifically craft a code around that misconception. But whatever. Uh, maybe it has to do with insight. Maybe. So... Toshisai is upset and uh, says the more wars that start, the more the value goes up of that war-damaged crypto morgue. If our company's former technical expert gets that negative legacy of $50 billion, the wars happening around the world right now could double in the blink of an eye. If I'm a merchant of death, then Kagoe is a warmonger. Gasp! Who can Uroha trust at all in this school? No one. That is the key. Nick, it's Morgan time. Ba -da 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 crypto. Ba -da 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 -da. 
Um, yeah. This Alpha, is- <laughs> the morgue has escaped. Get me, get me NFTs with attitude. <laughs> it's just five shitty monkeys with bad teeth and stupid hats. And they're all voiced by Seth Green. NFT NFT Rangers, we are going to give you all all your 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 Zords. They were unique previously, but instead they're all they're all just the same one, but with different palette spots. And they don't actually form into a bigger Zord because they, they're so cheap they can't fit together. They cost seventy nine thousand dollars today. <laughs> next next week they'll go down, but you need to get in now. Rangers, just imagine, you'll have full rights to your Zord. <laughs> no one No one else will have another Zord exactly like this. Ignore the fact that no one else has another Zord. Oh, fuck. Alright, so that's the chapter of Cypher Academy. Uh... I hope this manga lasts forever. <laughs> People just keep right-clicking their swords. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm into You're this. Not wor- You're not worthy to be an NFT ranger if you do that. <laughs> That's what their, their villain ranger does. He's like, I right-click <laughs> saved all of your swords. <laughs> no, my powers. He breaks into the Megazord and it's just like, I downloaded all of it. <laughs> Uh, rest in peace, Jason David Frank, yes. by the way. So. Oh, man. I hope this cypher game lasts forever. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Ginka and Luna. Chapter 12, the Magical Guild. They're in the Magical Guild. Uh, it looks like the the last chapter of Toriko. Just things in, like, space, except they look really weird. Yeah. That planetoid is a face. Nick, it's terrifying. Well, tag yourself. Which Which planet are you? Uh, Are you the butthole I... planet? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of drawn to the Christmas ornament planet, honestly. I, I like to think I'm the two planets slammed, impaled by the same sword. Nice. Uh, so uh, Luna's like, oh, wow, this whole place is inside of a mountain. That's crazy. They're like, yeah, it's bigger on the inside. But magic. Cool. Uh, they We get a brief uh, establishment that everyone in Luna's group is pretending to just be merchants because magicians not affiliated with the guild are not allowed to enter. So they're trying to hide the fact that they have magical abilities. Uh, they start going uh, into these weird planets uh, led by Ginka, who, you know, knows his way around to some extent, at least. Uh, and they kind of go through like an elven tree village for a bit, looking for the archives uh, and eventually they're like, uh, where are we? Oh, we're being kind of watched this whole time. Luna checks a map. Uh, a bunch of sheep rampage through and start carrying them and are kind of sweeping them away. And it's just like, oh, this this magic guild is 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 wacky. Check out all these Afro sheep. I'm not sure why they're called Afro sheep, uh, but they are. Um. Anemone at first is kind of is kind of freaked out by this, but and she hates because she has the fact that she's being carried by sheep and also that she's being watched by weird judgy strangers. I, but she looks I, ahead to where Ginka I, is. I, I do and it's like like. I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt. Uh, I guess I did actually. Uh, I do like that <laughs> the two other girls 
really do feel so superfluous to the plot that one of them is just like lost into the sheep from like the waist down like the waist up like she's upside down into it and i really feel like that's just a role in the story like like stuck into the forward momentum of this story without any regard to identity or personality just like i'm along with this ride at this point poor beretta Uh, and then he's like, oh, well, Ma- well, Master Ginka is, you know, he's not letting anything upset him. He's just going from through with the flow. I better learn from him. Ginka is being bitten by the sheep. They are very aggressively biting it's his brutal. arms. It's brutal. I'm like, isn't he made of snow? What's going on? This is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more people are watching them from up above. Uh, there are just some random asshole bullies who are like, ah, there's some merchants here, some fucking basics. That's what they call non-magical people here. Let's go beat them up, basically. <laughs> just a bunch of losers. I always love when you create villains that are just this direct thing. They're just like at the window like, there's someone different from us. Let's go beat them up. <laughs> like, I, I love it. There is a, another non-magical person who is just, like, carrying some books from one place to another as he passes near uh, Ginka and Luna's group. And the magicians deliberately bump into him and start beating him up. The bully magicians, I should say. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is just one of the maids around here. Basics like this aren't supposed to be here at all. Uh, and there's this, you know, moment where it's like, oh, well, you know, it's, a, it's a test of our of our heroes, you know, what are they going to do about these assholes? Cause they can't reveal that they're, that they're, that they're magicians. So, uh, Beretta goes to help the guy pick his books up. Uh, and one of the bully magicians, you know, is kicking it away and, uh, and it keeps on beating up the, the poor, the poor guy. Uh, and so Anemone speaks up and says like, Hey, aren't you supposed to protect people that are weak yourself? Isn't that what a magician is supposed to do? Uh, and they say, like, oh, excuse me, you, you say something? You you want to repeat what you said? And, of course, Luna's the one who steps forward and is like, yeah, you're not a real magician. Fuck you. <laughs> she, don't give she don't care. Uh, so, like, all right, well, let's beat up these people then because we, we're assholes. And the lead bully goes to attack Luna. So Ginka very, very subtly uh, kind of twitches his hand, and the guy's wand just flies out of his hand as he goes to strike Luna with it, and it just goes flying off a cliff, and his friends are like, did you suck, too? <laughs> Why'd you throw your wand away? Why does his wand look like a gun? It really does. Like, it has, like, like a, a trigger on it. I don't know. <laughs> it also almost looks like a, like like a, a switch. Yeah, I was gonna say, it looks like a gun knife. Which I guess makes sense for this loser. Like, he would have the gun knife wand. He's like, maybe their stick wands are for losers. I want one that's a gun and a knife. Mm. Uh, Anemone is impressed at Ginka's use of the subtle spell class feat. Uh, and so the bully is like, oh, you're laughing at me throwing my wand away? Well, what if I throw these books you were carrying over the cliff? And the dude just catches them before <laughs> they can go over the side. And she says, like, so you're not worried about your wand? I mean, it's, it's being carried away by the sheep below. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, everyone laughs at the stupid idiot as he loses his wand. Uh, our heroes have a little moment of like, oh, uh, you know, we, we, we did a good we did a good. Um, and uh, although Giga kind of scolds Luna for opening her big mouth and you know, almost getting them in trouble. 
Uh, and he says, all right, yeah, let's let's get to the archives. But the guy that they helped volunteers to show them a shortcut to the archives. Uh, it's, you know, a bit of a thank you for uh, helping him out. Meanwhile, in the ornament planet, uh, there is a creepy guy who um, eats limbs, uh, who has sensed a familiar magical power, and he's got too many eyes. Yeah, his name is Shahrazad. Yeah, and too few teeth. Actually, Shahrazad could very well be a woman. So. Yeah, very well could be. Uh, we're going to see what story they tell. I bet it'll be a good yeah. one. <laughs> I mean, they tended to be. Yeah. They kind of had to be. So. Uh, interesting stuff. Enjoying it. Uh, Nick, we got a brand new series to talk about. <sighs> a brand new. Nick, aren't you pumped? No. <laughs> I. We could zoom well, through it if we need to. We really can. Ichigoki's under control. There's a guy named Ichigoki. He's got a childhood friend who's a super genius named Chisaki. Uh, she has shrunk herself, uh, and there is an accident where Ichigoki gets uh, beaten the shit out of by a lowland gorilla in order to save his life. Chisaki turns him into a cyborg and pilots him from the inside. And there are gags because he is a cyborg boy, and she is piloting him like a mech from the inside. Uh, and they have to do this so that he can go to high school and stuff, because otherwise he would have to stay homesick. The gorilla ended up showing up and terrorizing some people, including a woman who, honestly, this is the funniest part of the whole chapter, randomly carries a basket of bananas on her back. And for some reason, they're keepsakes from her mother. They are very important to her yes. because they were left to her by her mother. That's the funniest joke in the whole yeah, manga. It's a pretty funny joke. So uh, Ichigoki uh, goes to try, says like, oh, we need to save her. Chisaki says like, oh, but you're going to be late for school. And he says, listen, Misao, as far as I know, you didn't turn my heart into a machine. And she sticks her head out of his ear to say like, did you say that lie because you thought it was cool? Probably the second funniest thing that happens in the chapter. It's like, yeah, that was a lame joke. Yeah. But, oh, he's being a brave, and she remembers when he would protect her from bullies and stuff. So she's like, oh, okay, well, I need to pilot and, and help you. But, oh, no, she doesn't know the pi the piloting of, of this of this mech that she invented very well. Uh, so, oh, no, it's not, it's not helping very much. There's, like, a, a gag that I think is a reference to G Gundam or a similar series. Of, and then eventually she launched, she fires a rocket punch and, and, and defeats the uh, gorilla and launches it back to the zoo where it was. And then a jetpack comes out of his butt and flies him to school and he lands through the window and he made it to, to, to school to begin his high school life. And he's a cyborg and she is piloting him. Wow. You got everything pretty much. Pretty much. Guys, this is a gag manga. So you loved it. I uh, I did not. Okay. <laughs> um, I started reading this 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 chapter, and after I saw the you know the splash uh, you know promotional image, and I immediately was like, this looks like a gag manga, which means I'm probably not going to like it. And after about three pages, I, I decided, okay, okay, Nick, you know, reset from zero here. You're, don't don't prejudge this. Don't give it a chance. And it's fine. It's just I didn't really care for it. You know, it's it's a it's a jokey joke series, and uh, a lot of the jokes didn't really land for me. And that's about it. Yeah, I mean, it's I I tend to be a little bit nicer, or I try to be when it comes to comedy 
gag, gag manga because they tend to find a little bit of time to find their footing. Uh, I did think there were a couple amusing jokes, as you mentioned before, with the bananas. I also did just find it amusing that there is no context to his de- his demise. He's like, she's like, hey, take me to the zoo. He's like, okay. And then I got killed by a gorilla. There's no, there's no explanation. Why was the gorilla out? Did he do something? No, just killed by a gorilla immediately. And I was like, that's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I, I still don't think it's a hysterical manga, but I, I'll, I'll give it a shot. We'll see how it goes. Yep. Maybe it'll be really funny soon. Maybe. Unlike the Ichinose family's <laughs> Deadly Sins, Chapter 3, which is just continuing to get just, like, depressing and nasty. So, Chapter 3, Subasa's everyday life. Oh, boy, Subasa, look at you. You found out that you were the big bully victim of the school, and everyone picked on you. Oh, hey, look, Nakajima's here. As soon as he says good morning to you, he throws some fucking spoiled milk in your goddamn face, and it spills all over your face. And then he just, like, dumps out the rest on you, just to be safe. Yep. So, uh, they make him wear a shirt that says, Subasa Idiot, uh, because they're very inventive kids. Uh, because, you know, his uniform got dirty, so he has to wear something else. Uh, they, like, leave him with... There's so much trash in this manga. There's a lot of garbage in this There's soul. so <laughs> much garbage in this manga. Tizon 5 loves drawing garbage like literal garbage so you know they they like you know kick uh, his books in the freaking pond and they're like hey go and fetch that for me Subasa." and they're like why well look can you just like leave me alone did i do something to you that i don't remember like i'm sorry if i did something can you just like forgive me and stop bullying me and nakajima says no you just disgust me. And Tsubasa thinks to himself, oh, I see. This is just how it's always been for me. And he thinks about how, you know, he's been, he has a room full of graffiti of, you know, wishing death upon people who have bullied him. So, hey guys, so Nakajima says, go get that for me and I'll kick it even farther this time. And Tsubasa says, you get it. You know, tears streaming down his face. Stop picking on me. Leave me alone. Shorty. Oh, he called him shorty. Oh, you dumb hoodie. Oh, dumb hoodie. Oh, you roasted him. Dumb hoodie. Oh, so no, there's no coming back from calling your, from your hoodie getting called dumb. There really isn't. So, like, not, not unless he has like a whatever or talk to the hand in his back pocket. This kid's done for. Yeah. Well, he's still, still going. So calls his eyebrows ugly. He's like, it's always the same thing. You just can't do anything by yourself, so you're just bullying people. You damn stupid dickhead. (laughs) All right. All right. Fair enough. Got me there. Uh, Yep. And then, like the big hero who's won the fight, he runs away sobbing. (laughs) (laughs) Showed him. I just took him down a notch. (laughs) So he runs away. And then, I don't know, gets back to school the next day, uh, and everyone's bullying Nakajima now. As they're like, oh, hey, Ichinose, yo, what you did yesterday, that was crazy. Someone from the soccer team recorded the whole thing and uploaded it online. Lol. And yeah, you damn stupid dickhead. Everyone thought that was so amazing (laughs) when you said you damn stupid dickhead. And I dug the part where he called out his dumb hoodie. 
So everyone just decides, you know, the way that stupid kids do to just on a whim decide, this guy's the loser now. <laughs> Fuck him now. Yeah. All right, Tsubasa. And Nakajima is crying because he's being bullied now. He's like, I'm sorry, Tsubasa. I got your bag back for you. Please, please, please. And they're like, oh, man. Yeah, everyone kicked his ass today. And Tsubasa realizes, like, oh, yeah, this guy sucks. You know, he, he bullied me and he did all those awful things to me. But, but I. And he starts to, you know, be like, look, Nakajima. He you know, looks like he's going to forgive him. But then there's a, a chill sound effect and instead he goes nah I'm not going to forgive you bow down and lick the floor and he has this internal moment where he thinks like what that's not that's not that's not the sort of thing I'd say to someone so oh what's going on Ooh, is there some sort of malevolence inside of Suvasa that we don't know about up to now it's like well it would have been nice if you had revealed that way earlier than this, maybe, and that were your big reveal, instead of, oh, Subasa's a bullying victim in the second chapter. Because if it were like, oh no, this guy is actually a sadistic asshole, and he can't, he literally can't, you know, put a clamp down on that, even when he's trying to forgive someone, is that that's actually kind of interesting. That said, God, this is depressing. This is just bullying between kids, Horrible misery, and then when we get like some senses, like oh, it's going to happen. It's like no, no, he's going to propagate it. Yay, our hero! Woo! Uh, I definitely like. As I read this chapter, I was like, okay, there is a level of intriguing narrative to like. Oh, he had the opportunity to be good, but something happened. Something is inside of him that made him still be like kind of this person. You're like, okay, there's something there that is curious now. Does this make it like a good chapter and like that? I don't know. But I, I was like intrigued. I'm like, all right, I, I'm curious. I'm a little bit more curious on this story. And now we are at three chapters for this series, Nick. We had to decide whether or not we're going to keep it in the magazine or in the recap or not. I really don't want to put myself through this anymore. <laughs> this is just like bad vibes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree 100%. Uh, I I. I don't think this is a bad manga or anything like that. I think this is going to be an interesting story. I just don't think this is going to be a fun series for the recap because mm. even even like it it's not funny. Like we could maybe make jokes out of it sometimes, but I feel like by and large the series is just going to be kind of downers, especially at the onslaught of this. So I don't know. Maybe this is something where this series is a big hit, and then. Uh, you know, six months from now or something like that. We're like, all right, some of the, the the really depressing shits out of the way or whatever. Maybe maybe we can reexamine or something like that. But I I think right now I'm definitely in a case. Sure. Like yeah. Maybe this is all temporary, and we'll eventually get to a point where we'll leave Subasa's stupid. Oh, he's a bully. When he, when he what when he had been bullied uh, storyline behind and we'll get into like you know stuff with the grandpa who has a life he discovers where he I don't know jacks off jetpacks or something like that <laughs> that'd be awesome uh, <laughs> I really was worried he was just gonna be like a violent cop but like if he's a dude who jerks off jetpacks <laughs> that's a much more exciting thing. but 
if we take the first three chapters as a sense of what the overall tone and content of the series is going to be like, it's just going to be bad times ahead as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so I would like to not have that in my life. Yeah. I get enough misery from things that actually happen in the world. Uh, I will say yeah. that as I said, we're going to like a four series uh, uh, group this time. This is the only one that I think narratively has any worth in staying in the recap. And is probably like objectively kind of like the best one, quote unquote. Um, but I, I just don't think it's tone is going to be a good fit for this podcast. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right, Nick. Quinn, I've got a puzzle for you. For me? Yes, I've got a puzzle okay. for you. A crypto puzzle. How many more? Uh, no. How many more do I get if I win? <laughs> yeah, you get, you get, uh, you get five more. Okay. More. Sweet. You get five morbs. Sorry, I, I almost said the right one. My mistake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the, here's the puzzle. <clears throat> Punisher's pairing with Princess preempted by Platinum Profligate. Is this oh, Punisher? Was it? It's either CM. Well, hold on. Who am I guessing? The the Punisher or the person who came? The Punisher okay. is the person that you're guessing. It's either. I can't remember who it was. It was whoever was marrying AJ Lee and then Ziegler mm. interrupted it. No. No? Okay. You are on the right track with wedding. Okay. I'll say. I'll give you that. Platinum. What was it? Platinum. Profligate. Profligate. <laughs> I, I had to learn this word. Okay, I'm gonna I'm just gonna quickly type in something to Google that I definitely know this word. I want to make that uh very clear. But but, but how would I, I spell it if I didn't know it? P-R-O-F-L-I-G-A-T-E. Okay. Hmm. Like a like a blonde dickhead. Yes. And, and, uh, wait. Did Big Boss Man try to marry somebody? No. Okay. I, as far as I know, no. Is this the Triple H one? Yes, it is. Who was he trying to marry? Was it Kane? You... No. It was, it was, Steph was trying to marry somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. It, was it? It's such a weird thing, because this is, oh, wait, like, was it this like is not... Viscera? No, uh, do, I mean it's the it, you've got the incident now. Yeah, now. I'll I'll just give it to you. It's test. Oh, okay. <laughs> test was kind of Mary Stephanie. Good for him. And Triple H, and then Triple H decided no, no, no. Very problematic storyline coming. <laughs> what if a buffer <laughs> test came and married you while you were drunk or under the influence? Pretty much. Um, uh, Test was at a different point in his career, known as the Punisher. Ah, did how did you do this? Because last time I did uh, Albert as mine. No, but I was thinking to myself, like maybe this will actually give me a leg up on the one that Quinn gives me. <laughs> I, I do have one for you, and that, just to reiterate, guys, if yeah. Nick by the end of the year can have more right than wrong. Gets a free pizza if there's more wrong than right that our audience gets to pick a recommendation. So I have a wrestler picked out. I've got a minute on the clock. Are you ready, Nick? 
Yes. All right. Go. All right. Are they alive? Yes. Hall of Famer? Yes. Active wrestler? No. Well, no. Okay. Uh, all right. Were they, in, did they, were they active in the Attitude Era? Yes. Okay. Did they win the world championship? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, were they part of D-Generation X? No. Uh, part of uh, the ministry? Not that I believe now. Uh, part of the corporate? No, that's the same thing. Uh, are they? Did they win a tag team championship? No. Okay, world, but not tag team. Uh, okay, you said they won the world championship, right? They they won their world championship. Okay. Uh oh, was this a WCW wrestler? They were in WCW. They were. It's not where they won it. They won their world championship. That's very curious wording. So, all right. Well, I'm Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to make this a little easier. What I mean is that they're they're a female wrestler. They won their women's championship. But, like, to say, like, it is their equivalent to the world championship, essentially. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. An attitude era wrestler who is alive, who is a Hall of Famer, who won the women's championship. I am going to say Molly Holly. Nick, you got it right on the money. That is Molly Holly. There's only so many Attitude Era women who who, who were were Hall of Famers. I was going to be like, it was what, like Molly Holly, Trish Stratus, Lita. Is Lita in the Hall of Fame yet? Ivory. Trish Trish is in the Hall of Fame. I know Trish is. I don't know about... I don't know if Lita is. And then, uh, did they ever... Well, I can't remember if Jacqueline won the world cha- uh, or not the women's title or not. God, that's actually a good question. I know she won like the cruiserweight championship yeah. at one point. Uh, there you yeah. go. Nick's uh, tied uh, it up. I that was. I, I can't believe that I, I that I actually got that one. <laughs> so, all right. But with that said, we've got our wrestling stuff done, so let's talk about piano shit. Let's talk about a mother dying, Nick. Oh, man. It's such... I'm so glad that we're coming into this on the heels of Ichinose Family Secrets. Hey, you know, we're just like, this series is too dour for we recap. Now let's talk about the series where a mom dies. Chapter 59, remembering a little bit in the last moments. Uh, yeah, Lucky's mom uh, thinks about you know her life. Uh, she apparently had been trained as an opera singer, uh, but she decided to be a punk rocker instead. <laughs> Fucking good for her. I do like it, uh, but they also later on show some of the outfits she wore, and you're like, that was a very punk rock of you. <laughs> It would be really funny if, like, during these bits where she's bonding with Gakuan, if she just had, like, a mohawk in a few of the pictures or something. <laughs> uh, Gakuan Otogami, you know, showed up uh, at, near her house while it was raining one day, uh, had a regular-ass school uniform on, and he just decided to... He wanted to play the piano. He just demanded a piano, and she was like, hey, don't you want, like, to dry off or something? And she's like, no, I want to play the piano. And so he comes in, and of course, you know, she's a musician, so she's got uh, instruments and stuff, including the piano, and he starts playing, and he is absurdly good at it. And she ex- describes it as, I couldn't 
describe it back then, but I can now. It was like what you would get if you took all of the septuplets fantasies and condensed them into one. And there are little bits that you see of, you know, hands encompassing an earth and then outwards beyond that, a distorted forest. And then hours beyond that, there are Ferris wheels from the theme park. And in the middle from the earth, there is DNA helix <laughs> piano going up into the heavens. It's wild. Yes. Uh, and uh, she says, like, you know, no matter what he played, every time that he played, the fantasy would be just perfect, even though it was his first time playing the piano. Because Gakuan Odogami is magic. There is no other explanation. He's a magic <laughs> piano man, Nick. That's just how it goes. Uh, yeah, he says straight up to her. He's like, yeah, I don't have a piano at home, but I knew I could play, which I don't know how you just know that, but he did. So, uh, and he, But he also says, I knew if I played, the people would hear me, and I didn't want that. So I ran out of the house and because I wanted to play. And she admits that, like, yeah, I, I just kind of fell for him. And uh, I kind of fell for the fact that despite the fact that he was so good at the piano, like nothing else in his life ever actually went his way. Because uh, he would get bullied and, and so on. Uh, through, of course, being insanely good at the piano, Gakwan met uh, a patron who is this weirdly bearded guy that we've seen a few times in the past. And uh, there is this. Does he have like a, fun, a funny name? Aren't they like maybe Mr. Like orchestra or some shit like that? Probably. There's this great moment where Gakwan says while they're hanging around the piano, I was like, oh, I, I love the fantasies that I create. I just love them. And you're right behind them. <laughs> to the woman that he marries and has a bunch of kids with because he's kind of an asshole. I'm not even kind I of. Love he's music. a giant asshole. He's like, I love music. And then you, honey. Like, that's and you after that. not how that conversation was supposed to go. Uh, she says, now, when I think about it, Gakuen Odagami is the type of person who would say that he loves me, someone who's not a genius, second to his own fantasy. Since when did he start with all the genius, the mediocre, the banish business? And when did I become the kind of person who wanted to make him regret things? So just has a moment of like, we weren't, we both changed in our lives, essentially. He became an asshole. And I also didn't become great either. So there's that moment of introspection. But meanwhile, she is, of course, on her deathbed. And her thoughts are getting really muddled because she's like, I'm, I'm having trouble thinking. I can't think, but I want to think. I, I want to think about it. If there's something I can do after I die, I'd like to protect all of them forever. Mm -hmm. And she's thinking about her kids and she's specifically thinking about them when they were all really young. Uh, and she also says to herself, I'm sorry. I love you. I'm sorry. Goodbye. And uh, Lucky bursts into her hospital room. Being puppeted? Yeah, he has puppet strings on him. Yeah. Um, and uh, he says, but someone else is speaking through him mom wait i wanted the seven of us to play piano uh but before he can finish the sentiment she reaches up 
and kind of just pets him on the side of the head. And then her arm falls to the bed as she flatlines. And the last page of the manga is just completely blank, except for the sound effect going beep. So, yeah, it's, that's good times uh, right there. Um, there's a lot of... It's weird because I read... Uh, when I instinctively read this, when I, when I first read this, my, my instinctively went, oh, yeah, that's sad. Wait, there's weird stuff that's happening. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of stuff. His, his stuff's this. in quotes as though, yeah, someone else is saying it for him. He's a, he's a puppet. Yeah, there's definitely some weird stuff going on. I also love the detail. We've always kind of theorized it, that Don was just always born old, but there's literally a page of him as a baby and to him as an adult. Nothing's changed. He's He looks exactly the same. He's still reading books. <laughs> My man was born 60 years old, and he's going to stay that way. <laughs> Um, also, I Mr. That... Crescendo is his name. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> there is a. Uh, I imagine that there's going to be some exploring what happened with Lucky here, but if it is just that he's being controlled, or if he is forcing himself to kind of give a performance in these his mother's final moments and his final moments with his mother, ah, that's sad. Yeah. If that he if he can't be genuine for one reason or another, Ven- Venom symbiote Lucky took over and yeah, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I- I'm very curious. See, this this is a very just beautiful chapter. Like, it's a little sad we don't get to know more of the mom, but we do get to see. And if there was going to be any way you were really going to humanize uh, Gakwan. It should have been through the eyes of somebody who fell in love with him. Like the kids were never mm-hmm. going to give you like a, a great perspective. Right. But if you want to get something to give some kind of human context to this guy before he just became a child abusing asshole, like this is this is the way you're gonna get it. Yeah. Absolutely. And by the way, <sighs> he was always an asshole. But just now we get to see a different side, I guess. Yeah. Any hoozles, let's talk about Mashal Nick, Magic and Muscles 134, Ryu Grants, and the last resort. This is my last resort. Suffocation. Gotta wind the can matches back. <laughs> this is our last resort. Uh, I laugh because every time I've been playing Vermintide 2 recently, which is based off the Warhammer universe, and like mm. there's a mode in the game where like certain stages sometimes will have a condition on it where it's like blessed by corn, which is like the god of like chaos and destruction in the the 40k universe. And every time it happens, we're like, oh, name your favorite corn song, and I just go, ooh, ah! and they're like, not corn, <laughs> not corn. Uh, so I don't know why it brings me a lot. <laughs> it brings me it's a- okay. I don't really know. I don't really know corn either. <laughs> just uh, it's. But- it's that and then i named twisted transistor which is not a beloved song from their catalog but it's one i vaguely remember watching the video to a couple times it's a pretty famous video yes anyways yes mash is having the key turn they're you know climbing pretty quickly they go from like 30 to 50 like things are moving uh but the fight, meanwhile, between Ryu and Doom is still going wild. Uh, Ryu is shooting a bunch. It's being blocked. He's dodging. He's like, oh, man, everyone's endured while I was healed up. Uh, or while, while I was held up, rather. Uh, I will stop, though, even if it costs him my, my life, because I still have my thirds. I just need a tiny opening to do this. Uh, 
Doom swings his big sword. There's, you know, a bit of a counter going on there. Uh, Doom's just like, wow, this guy's good. Even with the odds stacked against him, he remains composed. But that won't be enough to stop me. When Order Mattle kind of closes him up with Sandy, man, just to create an opportunity there. Uh, and that's enough. Ryu gets his moment. He activates his thirds. He gets his big fancy wand, the god of light, Hyperion. He's, Which is the most Yu-Gi-Oh looking looking thirds yet? Yes. <laughs> they're all they're all very Yu-Gi-Oh, but this thing like looks like you could uh, it would be in part of like either Counter Angels or like uh, Arch Fiends, now, uh, depending on what part you focus on. Now, Nick, what would it what would its effect be? Uh, I don't know because Yu-Gi-Oh cards have like eight effects each <laughs> nowadays. So it's like I can't break can, it down. You very can't easily. special summon from your hand graveyard or anywhere. Your family sucks. Your shirt smells. <laughs> Take ten thousand damage. Eat eat shit and cry nerd. Rip up your cards after this game. Also, you can't play this in the one zone unless there's an arrow pointing to it, which has always been a stupid mechanic. Uh, so, Whoa, Nick, yeah. let's not start saying things we can't take back. Uh, <laughs> not a fan of Link Summoning. Not a fan of it. <laughs> Nick, please, we have sponsors. Uh, so Rio Grants is <laughs> like the idea we're sponsored just by Link Summoning. <laughs> <laughs> not Yu-Gi-Oh! as a whole. Just Link Summoning. Just Link summoning. Uh, Rio Grants is like, hey, this is the most powerful magic in the world. Genesis Crisis, a giant orb of light. It's it, it like it's an attack so big, it's like swallowing up the room. But before Doom get hit, he says 80%. And we don't even see what happened. Like, we see him like kind of hold his sword back and swing. And then the next shot is Ryu slashed forward his his uh, wand cane whatever you want to call it has been cut his Yu-Gi-Oh monster has been severed completely and Doom has just cut them all in in one single swing Rio Grants hits the ground he's like F-, he didn't say it but he should say fuck my final attack <laughs> like this is bad uh, and just starts bleeding out over the floor and Rio Grant or not Rio Grants Doom just says very impressive visionary of light but not enough to force me to unleash my full strength I am sorry to say that now I've defeated your strongest defender. I have no use for the rest of you. It is time you all die. Yeah, it's a cool picture when he says it, too. Yeah. Just like his face encompassed in shadow. Yeah, so. very, very cool. Yeah. All right, let's talk briefly about the Elusive Samurai, Chapter 88, Derby, 1335. Tokyuki is running away from Imagawa with his horse, and it's a horse race as Imagawa tries to attack him, while Tokyuki leads him around the battlefield to try and stoke morale in uh, his troops. Uh, and we just get, like, a few pages just kind of recapping that. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, Takauji, the Ashikaga forces are just kind of, like, watching this race between them, and they start, like, placing bets on on, on this. Uh, and, uh, then the uh, the young uh, strategist notices that Tokyuki is the one who's running around, uh, and uh, there is a cool moment where uh, Tokyuki banks a really hard turn because like some of the troops lift up a wall for him to like ramp off of and turn really effectively, uh, and they also have him trade off horses uh, as well so that he can stay on a fresh horse while Imagawa you know is pushing his really hard. So. Uh, Uesugi sees all this happening and he realizes like, okay, it's difficult for us to act near the enemy lines. 
So we're going to need to do something special here. And he goes to Imagawa's pit crew and gives them a capsule of something. He says, this is a stimulant. Give it to them out beforehand. And if you give a big dose to it, it'll act just like it works with the stimulants that I've given to people. So they're like, all right, yeah, this is a good, this is a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, one of them goes over to the horse and just stabs it in the leg and it starts going crazy and bucking around. Uh, it's Genba in disguise. And also some of their supplies have been lit on fire. Uh, oh, no. So he's completely disrupted the pit crew uh, so that Imagawa is going to have a really fucking hard time, uh, you know, changing horses. In fact, it's completely in shambles by the time he gets there. Everything is burnt up. Uh, people are lying around uh, or running around trying to put out the fire. So now Imagawa can't change horses, and so he's just going to ride his into the dirt and won't be able to get a fresh one. Uh, so Tokyo continues to lead Imagawa around. Everyone uh, sees like, oh, hey, you know, now that he's actually slowing down because he's running out of stamina, then we might be able to actually take him out. Uh, a wave of enforcements tries, reinforcements tries to come in and stop them, uh, but uh, Kojiro leads a group of troops in, including the happy murder guy, uh, to back up Tokiyuki. Uh, a very zombie-looking guy uh, who is part of Uesugi's experiments steps forward to battle Kojiro. Uh, and uh, Tokiyuki uh, is squaring off with Imagawa still, and uh, he realizes that something... His spider sense starts going off. He realizes that something really, really bad is going to happen as Imagawa comes towards him. And Imagawa has this syringe of some kind that he's got uh and he starts talking to his beloved Minot who was a horse that he fucked uh apparently uh and says I'm happy that we will meet again so he apparently is going to go on some kind of suicide charge to try and go after Tokyuki which could make him even more dangerous yes uh so very weird there. I do just want to point out how it is very, very awesome that they uh, managed to turn a drift ramp uh, for Tokiyuki's horse midway through. I thought that was a super cool moment playing into the fact that this yeah. is like a race uh, scenario. Um, so that's cool. And I'm going to try not to think about I th I'd like to think that's just his friendly horse. And I don't want to think any weird thoughts that you try to put into my head, Nick. He likes horses. That's it. Yeah, like in a way, like a lot of kids like horses, and you just never grew out of it. You know, I don't know about a lot of kids. Well, <laughs> every grade. Did your Did your kid not have one horse kid? I'm not going to answer this question because I'm just thinking about the way that Imagawa likes horses. I think you're not answering it because you're the horse kid. Probably not. I don't think Damn. so. Damn. No. I guess I guess I this is why this, I guess this is why I don't go to Cipher Academy. I don't I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> figure this that I couldn't have figured that puzzle out. I was like, uh, is it Black Clover time? Yeah, let's wrap this up with Black Clover. This is page three thirty four or three forty four rather. Uh Writhing Sacred Pulse, I think it is. It's hard to read the font from here. Uh, yeah, Writhing Sacred Pulse. Uh, so we open with, and I always forget his new name. Is it Lucian or Lucius? Lucian? No, he's Luscious. He's Lucius. Yeah, he's Lucius. Uh, he's like, hey, how's it going, Morris? We see uh, Morris in their uh, wheelchair uh, and 
is just to be like, oh man, when Lucifero manifests, I was dragged into his vessel. It's thanks to you that I'm still there, yeah, Lucius. I gotta remember, it's Luscious. He has Luscious, Luscious skin. Okay. He's Luscious. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, and he's like, why have you called me here? He's like, I would like to give you as much salvation as I'm currently capable of. And we see kind of like, <laughs> yeah, we see from him three Eldritch extensions that have the, uh, I forget what their names were. The something siblings, the Zeon siblings, something like that. Whatever their names were, the three uh, people from before. And we can see, like, Dante is all fucked up. Uh, Zenon doesn't have anything going on. And then uh, Melascula, or whatever her name was, uh, is just, like, a shadow. <laughs> like, none of these guys came out of that pretty good. Um, nah. But Lucius walks up, places his hand on Morris's chest, and immediately starts healing his body like all the bandages start coming off zogradas that's right um like hand immediately back there his limbs start like repairing themselves he's like this is incredible you've even restored my sight this is beyond mere recovery you've created a human body your magic is godlike i'll be able to experiment again luscious like uh, keep on luscious yeah, brainwash yeah <laughs> Use your sorcery studies and modification magic as much as you like in service to the place of this world's true peace. Like, yes, master, and has walked off. So he, he can't do like crazy evil experiments anymore. Well, he can. He just can't do them with his own free will. So we'll see. How yeah, goes. pretty much. Uh, he calls uh, Sister Lily over and she's like, oh, what is it, Master Lucius? I'm going to call him Master Luscious now. And I really have to prevent myself from doing it. <laughs> Because it sounds really bad if she says it. Like, what's up, Master Luscious? Lush- Master Luscious. <laughs> I, I swore, I swore, an, I swore an oath to God that I will not be with any man. But you're so you're precious. basically God. So you're basically God. Yeah. So you know, loophole. <laughs> uh, he's like, hey, you have to attack Japan. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I like how we're just kind of like dealing away with like, ah, oh, a nation far to the east. It, it is Japan. It, it's Japan. <laughs> Attack Japan. And he's like, hey, there's this 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 place. Its future has begun to destabilize. And as far as I'm concerned, it's an inconvenient future, one that could threaten world peace. So will you take the paladins and cut that bad future short? And she's like, absolutely, of course. So that's where we were before. The angels are there. They're like, ah, we need to, you know, find where are the humans here? Can't sense anything. And they're like, ah, this must be it. And they find, uh, uh, what do you call those, sh- like, gate shrines? Yeah, the, for the, uh, I'll look at okay. it. But, uh, they find one of them, explode it. They just uh, obliterate it into pieces. Um, a Tory gate. A Tory gate, thank you. Uh the one member of the group who I don't know if we know this guy. I know the ice guy is the other one. Yeah. Is he the, I mean, I, 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 we've met a beast magic guy before, but I wasn't sure if this was the same it's guy. It's not Veto, who was, I think, the beast guy before right. from the uh, whatever group he was a part of. I don't mm-hmm. think so, but it, from might, early. it might be. I'm not 100% positive. I've forgotten a lot of like character faces in this series, which is bad for a part of the manga where apparently we're getting a lot of old cameos. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, someone with beast powers uses their beast magic to summon up five uh, sea serpents, basically. Super dragons. Like, ah, yes, with the power of the wicked. No, the sacred dragons will make the land of sun the sacrifice for world peace. Cut over to five of the members of the Ryuzen Seven 
It's like, who would have thought we'd be facing off against the legendary five-headed dragon? And we see Chica. Yeah. You've got to summon a light monster to defeat that. Yeah, sure. Go with that. That's a Yu-Gi-Oh reference. It is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I can't see it and not see the meme of like the Hydra dragon where like two of the heads look scary and then one head looks very silly. I just want one of them to be like, Rrr! and like two of them are like, what's going on over there? Um, so yeah, we see the Ryu's in seven or five members of them uh, with Chica, the three we met before. And then I don't know if we've seen that girl before. I feel like we may have, but I believe, she, I believe she is the new, the newer one of this group okay. that we haven't met before. Okay. So. so we see them and then we cut away, Nick. Why would we cut away from a fight with a bunch of dragons about to fight a bunch of legendary heroes? Well, Nick, it's so we could cut to Asta who is on the ground facing off. Against the strongest member of the Ryuzen 7, who says, Nobody cares about grit or how fired up you are. Just show me what you can do. I mean, he calls himself the strongest member of the Ryuzen 7, so, uh, but. Uh, no, we'll see Nick, uh, Yami said that he was the strongest Espada, so, ergo, must have been the strongest. Yeah, I guess that's something that we haven't really. That, like, at the time when that happened, I, I was just kind of pissed off about the stupid zero reveal. But yeah, when you think about it, he was literally the only one claiming that he was the strongest. <laughs> he just, he just whited out the one and he's like, I'm stronger than the rest. <laughs> he's like, who's here to say no? You killed the rest. Killed the rest. At, <laughs> at the end of this story, you're going to be like, yeah, we fought Yami. Turns out he was the strongest and no one's going to be around to refute this story. Didn't Haribel survive that battle? No, she didn't. <laughs> no. You remember something she did? I mean, she was thrown in jail by the... Yeah, but what'd she do after that? Oh, I guess that nobody did survive that fight, including Haribel. <laughs> she got me there. <laughs> She's Schrodinger's hollow. Is she? If I haven't seen her, did she ever truly exist at the end after all? <laughs> All right. Didn't, Gr didn't Grimjow survive? Yeah, but besides it. <laughs> Who cares? Besides fuck it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so stuff is happening. Um, I found the first time that I read this chapter that it flowed kind of weirdly. I think that I was, wasn't quite in the state to actually fully grasp what was going on. Going through it now, I do think that it's a, putting us in a point where it's like, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens now. You know, we're getting a little bit of a taste of what these antagonists can do. Uh, and so what three using seven and hopefully Asta are going to be up against. And I do like, you know, these hints of Uchis just in his, you know, evil overlord uh, realm right now. Uh, and bits of what, you know, he does just, you know, the casual like, yeah, I'll just, you know, bring your body back and then brainwash you. Uh, the, the way that he just deals with things while he's got these horrible power sucking thing going on behind him uh it's all really good stuff uh and uh yeah i'm very very happy with where black clover is at and i want to, and i keep wanting it to be good yes and give give me more of this yes absolutely all right nick well that's gonna do it yeah so i guess we'll name our favorite series and uh care and uh, mvp of uh this week i, I believe you've already given your answer yes. for, for MVP. my mvp is clear it's fuko she fucking rules it's fuko I 
don't think I can disagree with that. I don't think that any character shown more than her uh, in this in this week uh, of manga. So I will second that notion. In terms of favorite chapter, I feel like I'm going to go with Fees uh, because it was uh, sad, yeah. uh, but effectively sad. Yes. Uh, I will agree with you. I will concur, which has a three-way thing because the audience also picked PPPP as the chapter of the week and Foucault as their character of the week. So look at that. All this. And I'd like to note, this was actually like a pretty good week of manga. I think generally all things considered, like there are like three or four series. I was definitely like, this is like an excellent chapter. So, you know, I think it's, there's some testament to that. Yeah, there were quite a few chapters this week where it was like, ah, what, I feel better for having read that. Yes. Uh, definitely. Uh, yeah, guys, that's going to do it for this week of Weekly Manga Recap. Thank you all for joining us. We record the show live here on twitch.tv slash T Wednesday evenings, normally starting around 7.30-ish Eastern time. But to stay up to date on when exactly we're going live, you can follow us on social media. Hopefully. Uh Rolotzi, Nick F. Time, and WMR Podcast are where you can find us. You can also join the Weekly Monday Discord server. <laughs> if you join the Discord server, that probably seems like a, De- a, a more stable Definitely place to join with stuff going on. the Discord server. <laughs> and it will also send out a notification when the stream is going live there as well. And you can also use that to find the uh, Weekly Monday Recap info doc maintained by Ninja X3i, where he keeps track of all sorts of helpful statistics associated with the show, uh, like our past MVP and favorite series voting, uh, previous series that we've covered, and also uh, conduct, uh, conducting polls for uh, year-end stuff, which is coming up very, very soon, uh, You know, which includes you know, like favorite series of the year, and supplemental awards like the Bleach Memorial Award for Best Dismemberment uh, and other stuff. Uh, so be sure to participate in that as Ninja X3i starts to uh, put the uh, the polls out uh, for that kind of stuff. Um, we also want to give special thanks to Winslet Cheddar and Milo Jack Stillitz for getting the opening sequence of the video version of Weekly Manga Recap, which you can check out at youtube.com slash Weekly Manga Recap. Uh, also, uh, it concludes some title cards done by Steve Mann, who's where you can check out wherever boobs are allowed to be drawn on the internet. Uh it's, it's, true. it's well. It's very appropriate you say that. Uh, Steve Mann created a title card for uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, and I think I mentioned at the time that he asked like who my like wife from the series was. Like I don't know. Alexis is the only female character I know from that part. So I got a title card, and I was like, Do I have to censor this one? Because it, it's a little bit egregious. So stay tuned for the. Maybe too hot for you two title card from Steve Van for Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. Someone did a, 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 a spicy picture of Asuka. I'm shocked. Shocked, I say. Who would have thought this? Uh, you can also check out Weekly Manga Recap wherever podcasts get posted online, including weeklymagarecap.podbean.com, Spotify, iTunes, all those good places. And uh, also check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Recap for bonus stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think that's going to do it for the Gawanga Recap this week, everybody. Yeah. yeah. I hope everybody here has a fantastic evening. I'll catch you guys next time. Mm-hmm. Bye. I don't know what to say. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.